Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Readers on the Wall. This is episode 40. My name is Harrison, and joining me tonight are my two lovely co-hosts, Madison and Brooke. How's it going for you guys? It's going good. Things are going great here right now. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. Um, So we haven't met, uh, met up in about four weeks, maybe five. There's a slight chance it was five weeks. It's been a while. So um, I think all three of us probably have some crazy events that happened in these five weeks that I think we can share. <laughs> um, so so here, Madison, why don't you start us out? What, why haven't we met in so long? <laughs> or what's your reason? <laughs> Gosh, I mean, I would say the main reason on my part is <laughs> I feel like I'm the main contributor to this procrastination. <laughs> but I had an emergency <laughs> gallbladder removal surgery a couple weeks ago and uh yeah so first there was a surgery and then it just took me a minute to feel like you know being awake at this hour of the night so yeah i've just been (laughs) like you know having surgery and recovering (laughs) yeah which i mean I guess is a good excuse. Yeah, I totally not a good reason. I don't know. I don't feel like <laughs> Brooke's, Brooke's a little against it. <laughs> Jeez, man. Well, well, we are very happy that all is well. Um, yes. We were chatting. We were chatting before the show. You gave us a lot of the details, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling, feeling healthy good. now. Good. good. So glad. Um, and then, um, sorry, I'm just gonna put you on the spot here. Um, you you sent us out a message saying you achieved your one of your yearly goals, and I thought it'd be cool if you shared it if you don't want to. I oh guess, yeah. But. So at the beginning of the year, so I really got back into reading in 2019. Um, to, to, the truth is, at when I felt like Game of Thrones was, you know, you know, I was probably episode two or three, and I was like, okay you know there's only six episodes what are you going to do after this because you guys might laugh but for me like the post book depression or the post show depression (laughs) it's real I was seriously worried for myself I'm like what am I going to do because the Game of Thrones had been such a big part of my life for so long that I was like what am I going to do when this is gone and so I really got back into reading specifically fantasy um towards the end of Game of Thrones so I would have something awesome to keep me occupied while I was going through withdrawals of my favorite show. <laughs> so uh, I got back into reading in 2019 and I, I mean, I just took off and I really started like consuming books. So when 2020 rolled in, I was like, I want to set myself a goal to read 45 books in 2020. And at the end of August, I hit my goal of 45 and now I'm at 48. Go you, girl. Bow down to the queen. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm having so much fun, too. I just love reading now. And That's so again, awesome. Like, full disclosure, I primarily do audiobooks. And I'm, I'm, I will always advocate that audiobooks absolutely count. Um, oh, but yeah. I do, I do read as well. But if you're consuming the content, I think it counts. So there you have it. I love it. Uh, so before we get to Brooke, um, just my quick thing. I, so I've been trying to read a little bit more lately too. Um, I th- maybe I shared this with you guys on air or not, but I was looking at my bookshelf one day and I realized I was like, wow, I've read like 30 of the 120 books I own. Like I was like, that's kind of depressing. So what I'm doing is I'm going through and I'm reading about 20% of the, of a book. And then I just kind of make a decision. I'm like, okay, is this book for me or is, do I, am I not enjoying this? And if I'm not liking it, I just get rid of it. I know that sounds harsh, 
But in wow. my brain, I'm just thinking, you know what? If I thin it down, then I can really read everything. Then it's I can go exploring. And heck, if there's a book that if there's a book I got rid of that I want to get back, I can always just go buy it again. Like right, and like I was about to say, like, it might sound kind of wasteful, but I'm like, you have like you can buy the book again. Like it's pretty easy to find used books in good condition that are really cheap. So right. there's no regrets in life. Get rid of the book and then buy it again if you want to. Exactly. So uh, and I'll tell you the two shocking ones. Um, I read about I read about 80 pages of Memoirs of a Geisha, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, yeah. Like, I couldn't believe how awesome it was. And the other one that shocked me, I read probably like 40, 50 pages of Casual Vacancy, which is a book that J.K. Rowling wrote. Mm. And I could not stand it. <laughs> really? I don't know what it was. I was reading it and I was like, this is so annoying. Like, I just can't. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. So, but anyways, that's what I'm doing with my books. But, Brooke, what about you? Do you have... Did you have oh. anything crazy happen in these five weeks? I know. What I... have I been up to? Well, I did go back to my ankle doctor. I mm. do not have to have surgery right now. Yes. So that's good. Final decision. He basically told me, he looked at me and he was kind of like, are you going to do this again? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, are you going to do it again a couple of times? Probably. So when you get tired of it, you let me know and I'll fix it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but it's That's like a funny. five, yeah, it's like a five month non weight bearing surgery. He's like, so you really have to have the time mm. to be able to do that. And I just don't have the time to be able to do that right now. So <laughs> right. Well, I have a friend who did this, like she either like rolled or sprained or broke the same ankle like over and over again mm -hmm. like what like i'm a super clumsy person but i'm like what is it about some ankles that they're just like mm, i'm just gonna quit working right now yeah <laughs> it's just you know, wrong i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but so other than yeah. that um work has been busy we should be quieting down however this year we started taking school taxes because they want less visitors to the school, obviously, with everything going on with COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So, like, Friday, we processed almost $60,000 just in school taxes. So, that was kind of crazy. It's been it's been a whirlwind. Wow. <laughs> but <laughs> That's a big one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But other than that, not, so, nothing too much has happened. Yeah. So, how's your ankle? Are you still in, in a boot right now, or are you... I am still in a boot. He basically told me... Um, you know, just wear the boot until you feel more comfortable and just like a lace-up brace. And then and then from the lace-up brace, you can just start, you know, weaning yourself off from that until you're back to normal. I don't have to go to physical therapy. Um, and he basically told me whenever I, whenever, not if ever, whenever I do this again, he's like, unless it's really bad, just treat it like you did this time and assume it's broken. Don't call us unless it's like really bad. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's see. So, um, so, so my my reasoning, <laughs> my turn. Uh, so, um, there's been a lot of wildfires here in Oregon, and quite a big one started um, about 25 miles from my house. And That's so scary. Yeah, it, and it, see, it, it burned about thirty-four thousand acres. It's, oh my it's, gosh! It's still burning, and the the big problem that happened was we had three days of very unnatural high winds, like 50, 60 miles per hour winds going Oof. through Oregon. So it pushed it super fast, spread it super quick. Like 
there was a couple towns that literally the firefighters just had to they just had to leave because they couldn't do anything about it and so so it's terrible like there's some like there's a whole town it's just gone now which yeah it's it's really rough but um, and what happened with us basically they were like hey we're setting up these 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 different evacuation zones there's level one two and three one if you're in level one that's basically hey you need to be ready you want to film everything in your house for insurance reasons you need to know what you want to take you know where you're going to go all that stuff get a game plan yeah yeah level two is you actually need should be packed up ready to drop everything if someone knocks on your door and says you got to go and then is that how it would work would somebody literally come to your house so yeah i actually they were doing that at one point um especially once you hit level three which is you go now like get out yeah don't uh, ask any questions. yeah basically basically they would drive basically they were driving through towns just blaring sirens over loudspeakers saying you need to evacuate right now in some yeah. situ in some oh you gosh. know smaller streets they would send someone down banging on all the doors and just you know you got to leave right now and um i hit level two and i'll tell you what it was the most surreal experience ever like basically we walked around the house filmed all of our possessions in case our house did burn down and then we just packed up anything and everything that we felt like, hey, I need to bring that, you know. So like, I grabbed all my journals. We packed up a bunch of clothes. Yeah, I, I grabbed you a couple like books that you grabbed, but like, what were some items that you grabbed that kind of surprised you that you're like, okay, so like if so, you, like, you yeah. asked me a month ago, I don't think I would have. Put <laughs> here I am. Yeah. So I would say, um, let's see. I mean, let's see. So yeah, like we did pictures, clothes, all the normal stuff. For books, the one shocking one I grabbed, so out of the books, I grabbed all my journals. I grabbed my first copy of Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. There's a lot of notes in there and just, I don't know, there's a lot of memory in there. The one book that shocked me, I grabbed the fifth Harry Potter book for some reason. Hmm. Like, there's no notes in it, nothing special about it. But when I looked at it, I was like, I have to bring that. I must have read it at like a very emotional time in my life because that fifth book always means something to me. Um, you, You guys have seen my board game collection. That one yeah. was really hard. Oh. <laughs> that was super tough. I was I stood there for a good like because I had enough time to spend you know to right. pack these things. So I was staring at it, and I ended up picking like like there's one there. I have two board games that are really hard to replace, and they're pretty expensive. And then and then I thought I was like, well, we're probably gonna be if we do a back, we're gonna be gone for like two weeks, so I might as well bring stuff that I find entertaining. So I grabbed a bunch of smaller little games and yeah, um, a third mm-hmm. game that I've invested a little bit of money into and things like that um let's see we had to figure out which cars we were taking because we have we have four cars here and three drivers so we would have to leave one car um yeah it was it was it was just a really strange it was very strange so situation now is we're in level we're back to level one now so more than likely we won't have to evacuate or anything like that we could probably unpack but we're staying packed just just in case and the but the Sorry, we're going to speed through this. We'll get to the book here in a second. That's why you guys actually are listening to this, <laughs> so we can talk about Game of Thrones. But um, <laughs> we should put timestamps on. <laughs> we should. I'll think. I'll, I'll figure that out. Actually, um, I, I talked to you guys about this, and I'll just tell everybody we are planning on making a way that we're going to cut the episode up into smaller sections. That way, you don't have to listen to like a two and a half hour episode. You could just do a chapter by chapter, and but I'll figure that out. Hopefully by next week. Um. But the problem we're having now is there's so much smoke and so mm-hmm. much hazardous stuff in the air, the air that um that we like we can't go outside basically. Right. Oh my gosh. Like 
this morning we i opened up the windows and i couldn't see like 10 feet in front of me oh my gosh yeah it's 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 kind of scary like it is scary like like for the whole COVID 19 thing like we quarantined but we you know it's like oh I'm, i can go outside and i can wash my car or i can go do some right. yard work and now it's like no like right. if you go outside mask up wear a different set of clothes go out do your thing and get back in as soon as you can it's kind of crazy <laughs> that, is, that crazy. is crazy yeah pretty much but yeah I, I i like like yesterday i went out and washed our cars because having ash on your car isn't exactly the healthiest thing and me being a car detailer i couldn't stand it <laughs> so I, you know, i n95 masked it up you know put a bunch of clothes on went out and washed my cars came back in i smelled like i smelled like i was sitting around a campfire for a couple hours hmm. and i went in took a shower got all cleaned up and it's crazy times we live in, people. It's nuts. Yeah, come on, 2020. Like I know it's I know. a cliche <laughs> thing to say at this point, but seriously, I'm, I'm literally like, what is happening? Yeah, I know, like I what know. could possibly be next? Know, <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, like like the three big things that are in my brain: COVID nineteen, the wildfires, and the amount of celebrity deaths. By the way, is insane. Like so many. There's a lot. So of many ones. good ones lost. Pretty much, yeah. Rip, rip, Chad, Chadwick Boseman. By the way, that was. I was oh. so I was shook to the core. I mean, I just I mean, because like obviously I had no idea because no one had any idea. Mm-hmm. But now that we're learning more and more about like his journey, I'm like, what an incredible human being. Pretty much, mm-hmm. yeah. I will say that was prop. That's probably the only celebrity. Oh, I don't know. I've had celebrity deaths that are like, oh my gosh, that one probably hit me the hardest out of anybody. I mean, it was just, yeah, I mean, he was so young. He was so talented. He was a huge part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, yeah. you know, just doing the whole thing without anybody knowing he had cancer for like a right. couple of years, doing a bunch of movies while he had cancer. It was just like, just blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Okay. I think, I think we got it out. I think everyone understands okay. now, right? <laughs> we are ready. Okay. It's been, it's been a time. <laughs> yes, it's been a time. All righty. So we're gonna um, we're gonna jump into our book discussion. So we are on chapters 10, 11, and 12 of A Clash of Kings. This is gonna cover two brand new POV chapters, which is Davos and Davos and Theon, and then we're gonna get to the first Danny chapter of the book, which is kind of nuts to me, considering how considering we're a good chunk in. Yeah, I mean, what, what? it's chapter 13 that she first appears. And it kind of blows my mind how long it took to get to her just because of what happened at the end of the last book. Right, I'm sure it was just right. like, you know, I'm sure when this book first came out, people were like, where the hell is Danny? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we just got we dragons and she's not here. Just so they could get to it. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but okay, so those are the three chapters we're going to cover. We're going to start with Davos 1. And just a precursor curse for this, Davos actually wasn't an original character that Grimm thought of during the whole early stages of this book series. Basically, the way the way it went down was he wa- he needed a kind of a POV to keep track of what Stannis was up to because Stannis, in his mind, is an important character, someone we need to know what's happening. Right. But he didn't want Stannis to be the POV character, so he invented Davos to be that person. And um, 
Now we kinda, love him. Yeah, exactly. That's what I kind of <laughs> love about it. I, I feel like Grimm started this character off and was like, okay, well, I just need someone to keep an eye on what, what's going on. Sure, let's do Davos. And he turns into just one of the best characters in the whole books. Yeah. He's just like so pure. Like he's like one of the realest characters in this whole series, I feel. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I so this is kind of the way I view it. I feel like I feel like Davos isn't like character in the story. I feel like he's a person in the story, however you want to interpret that. But the way I compare it to, we're gonna meet a character in this chapter named Saladar Sam. And he mm-hmm. is a he is a character yes. in, a fa- in a fantasy book. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I mean feel like believable as a person in that world but i feel like davos you could pick him up and stick him in the real real world and just be like yeah like that's davos <laughs> like right um i also it's a great perspective just because he's i believe he's the only lowborn um pov we get we've Ooh. uh yeah right we we've always been with highborn people all the starks are highborn all the lannisters they've they all live you know they live the, the rich life basically and davos is is our first one and i believe our only one that he's a, he's a lowborn so he has a totally different viewpoint on what's happening um but anyways enough praise for him let's get into the chapter so um so this chapter starts off with i think a situation that pretty much anyone would be uncomfortable with i feel like um Basically what's happening, Davos and Stannis and everybody, they're down on the beach of Dragonstone. There are these statues that are representing the seven gods of this of the of the faith of the seven, and they're burning these statues. And the general feeling around everybody is everybody's pretty dang uncomfortable with this. Even people who don't believe in the faith of the seven. And I feel like I feel like that would contribute. I mean, I feel like that's relatable to us in this world. I feel like even if I, you know, if I, if I went to something and they were disrespecting some, some re- other religions, deity or what they believe in, even though I don't believe in it, I feel like I would be really uncomfortable. Same. Like, it's just very tasteless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> I'd like to think that most people have a certain amount of respect for just other people's beliefs. Like you might be really strong in your belief. You might wish that they believe what you believe, but like, you're never going to be like an asshole about it. Like, <laughs> like that just seems, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, just reading it, you know, it just feels wrong, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's kind of interesting. Like, like I said, like Davos isn't a pious guy. He, he does, you know, he talks about him like, you know, um, he'll say things, you know, he'll pray to the seven, seven gods to like, Hey, bless my ship. You know, we're heading out on a voyage or, Hey, my wife's having yeah. a baby, you know, all that stuff. But even him, he's sitting there realizing like, Whoa, like this is, we're going to anger. Cool, we're going to anger something that's above us, even though I don't think it's there, but just in case let's not do this. <laughs> you know, well, I think he's more like, I don't know what's up there, but something's up there. Like he's a seafarer and usually people who are you know what's the word i'm looking for like you know travel via water like they like you said he's not a pious man but usually they have some bit of like superstition or belief in a great a higher being Mm -hmm. and so i'm like i think he's just sitting there thinking the same thing like even if it's not the seven even if that's not the real one there's something up there and something up there is thinking 
that's not cool, man. <laughs> like, it just seems like a bad omen. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I don't well, know well, what's real, but something's real. And even even if it's not the seven, they're not going to like this. <laughs> right. Well, well, the other thing is, Davos is also keeping in mind a, a political stance. You know, mm. he was sent out to all of these different um, houses, through, you know, around um, around Dragonstone, trying to recruit them to Stannis. And I'm sure in the back of Stan- of Davos's mind, he's thinking, okay, not only are we angering something up there in you know in the sky, we're also probably not making you know being making these houses very happy with this. You know, we're we're disrespecting their gods. I mean, there there even is a house that has like a mini rebellion over this. They basically, you know. Like what is it? Um, uh, Stannis's wife Selyse sends in her queen's men to like take out, yeah, basically yeah. to get rid of the seven, mm-hmm. seven worship worship area, you know, the church or whatever. Yeah, clearly there's going to be people who take that personally. <laughs> exactly, and it's, and it's just you know that was just you know he hasn't seen the benefit of this basic, which I don't know if there even is any. You know, he's like, okay, like we're burning these things, we're losing allies, like what's happening here? But Stannis obviously believes that by doing this he's gonna there's some power in doing this you know he believes that melisandre has some type of power and if i follow her i'm gonna have access to that power and it's gonna lead to my success so um but yeah so everyone's super uneasy about this melisandre is kind of leading the ceremony um let's see i actually wrote down her little chant here she did. She did, gave this chant in three different languages. I believe it was like High Valyrian, Common, and mm-hmm. some other one. I can't remember at the moment. But she says, "Uh, Relor, come to us in our darkness, Lord of Light. We offer you these three false gods, these seven who are one, and him the enemy. Take them and cast your light upon us, for the night is dark and full of terrors." Which is a killer line, by the way. Like <laughs> I would have that. I don't know. It's just, just iconic. Pretty, yeah. Right. <laughs> And then, um, so that happens. We do. Then they kind of talk about the set being take, taken down by the Queensmen, which I mentioned before. And there was a house. Let's see. I think it was House uh, Rampton, I believe. Mm-hmm. They were the ones who went and basically defended it. They they ended up being captured. And if I'm recalling correctly, they get captured, put into the cells, and eventually they actually get burned to the the Red God. I think it gets mentioned Rough. later on. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a little a little nuts um let's see then davos just kind of he looks upon these statues and he's watching them burn um these these statues that are actually out there burning they were actually a part of the original ships that came over with aegon the conqueror which is also just kind of a historical like disrespectful thing <laughs> in my mind it's like dude like that you know that, that's got some history behind it and you know you're burning it <laughs> that's not that's not okay right but let's let me see i i think i wrote down a quote that i wanted to share real quick and it got me thinking i think i think the burning of these seven statues is a great uh, foreshadowing to some characters deaths or at least something that might happen in the future you ready mm. so it says uh the maiden lay athwart the warrior her arms widespread as if to embrace him the mother seemed almost to shudder as the flames came licking up her face. A long sword had been thrust through her heart, and its leather grip was alive with flame. The father was on the bottom, the first to fall. Davos watched the hand of the stranger writhe and curl as the fingers blackened and fell away one by one, reduced, re- reduced to so much glowing charcoal. 
So <laughs> there's quite a lot of different things in there. I think one of one interpretation of it is the mother um, talks about the sword being thrust in her. I think that does relate to basically the story of Azora High, which Brooke, I don't know if you have that story lined up to tell us. I do. Okay, when we get there, uh, Brooke's going to give us just a little history about Azora High and the story behind it. But I think that these... So, okay, so there's seven gods. How many Starks are there? There's there's seven, by the way, (laughs) just in case you didn't hear. Um, So, like, like the one that got me, the father was on the bottom, the first to fall. That's Ned. Mm-hmm. The um, I, I would say the mother could could represent Catelyn. Um, there's the warrior that could be that could be Rob, the stranger. Uh, in here, it talks about the stranger having fingers black blackened and fell away one by one. That could be John. He burns his hand. Um, back during the white attack. Um, there's the stranger because he's you know, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, he's a, the bastard. Yeah, they're both. Yeah, right. Um, there's, um, God, I wish I, I can't remember who all the seven are. Hold on. Let me Google this real quick. Cause there's, I think there's one called the crow. Yeah, exactly. Let's see the crone. Yeah. So there's the father, the mother, the maiden, the crone, the warrior, the smith and the stranger. I'm not sure what, who the smith represents. That doesn't really match into this theory that the seven represent the seven Starks. Maybe Arya, because she is, like, fascinated with weapons, and she's, like, taking this road with, you know, all these, like, low-born people and, you know, blue-collar. She's associating herself with the blue-collar life right now. Hmm. That could be it. That could definitely be it. <laughs> kind of a stretch, but I'll go with it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? But no, hey, hey, hey. is definitely Sansa, because... I mean, I feel like Sansa always feels like she never really belongs anywhere. Possibility. I mean, I mean, uh, more important theory has been based on less. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, I, I, but I was just reading through that and I just thought, you know, that's got to be something. I mean, the, fa- the father was the big one, the stranger with his hand being burned. Who, know- yeah. who knows? That could, um, that could go with Jamie too, who has his hand cut off. There's a chance of that. But anyways, I just thought that was a cool I know. Share, guys. I like it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, let's see what happens next. It's been a while. I, I read this and I summary. So I hope, hope I don't go too clunky into this, but basic. Basically, after all the burning happens, they start. They everyone's kind of dispersing. Oh, oh wait, no, no, no sorry. Um, oh no, there's this. Sorry, one second more. Sorry, I know I'm all scattered right now. It's kind of embarrassing. You're good. good. (laughs) We're out of practice. (laughs) That's true. We're getting back into it. Davos is basically just looking upon this. He's kind of, he's questioning why this is happening. He's looking upon Stannis and he's like, this seems a little out of character for Stannis. And then he kind of realized, he kind of thinks on Stannis and realizes, man, I'm really invested behind Stannis right now. If we go into the history of Davos, um, Stannis is the one who knighted him. Stannis is the one who gave his sons, you know, captain of ships, made one of them a knight. I mean, you know, Stannis, Davos is invested in Stannis's future by quite a lot. And, mm-hmm. and I think he just has a moment where he's just like, you know what? Like, if he falls, I fall. So I need to back him. I need to do what I can to help him succeed. And, and I will say this. 
the way Davos says that, you know, my future is invested in him. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's power grabbing. It feels like he's, I don't know. It feels like he's doing it out of respect, out of loyalty to Stannis instead of, Oh, I need this guy to win so that I can I win. hundred percent. Me too. And I, and I think that, I think that's part of the reason why we love Davos so much. He's not power hungry. Like basically everybody else. <laughs> He's just, he's very real. He's really down to earth, mm-hmm. is, is the way I kind of see it. Um, let's see. So next up, we get the whole, sort of this Azor High ceremony. And it starts off pretty, like, legit feeling. And then it very quickly crashes into the ground. And you kind of realize how terrible, or not terrible, <laughs> but mediocre this whole thing is. Um, basically Melisandre, you know, tells, does kind of a very condensed version of the Azor Ahai story and is basically like, oh, Azor Ahai is going to come again, save us from the darkness. He's going to pull a flaming sword out of the heart of, of the mother. And she kind of like brings Stannis in. He gets all like gloved up. He's got like this thick, you know, black, blacksmith vest on and really thick glove. And he goes up, yanks the sword out, burns his hand, tosses it on the ground. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, she's basically trying to force this um, prophecy to come true by literally like, hey, we're just going to do exactly what it says <laughs> in the instruction booklet that somehow I have. <laughs> and I'm sure it's all going to work out. <laughs> totally. That's how yeah. it works, right? Yeah, that's just how it works, right? It's just, it's so, like, I don't know, like, I'm sure, I'm, it's it's tough to imagine Stannis kind of going along with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't feel like something that he believes in at all. Yeah, but, I mean, he says it here in a little bit, that he's like, well, if one thing's not working, gotta try another thing. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, he's just like, well, you know, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different <laughs> result. So I guess I'll try something new. And this sounds as good as anything else. But I can't imagine him sitting there with much conviction because it does seem kind of corny. Right. No, I agree. It just, it's really, yeah, I, I think he's just, he's just grasping at anything he can right now because he does, because at this point, I mean, the Lannisters have, have, King's Landing, plus the whole Lannister army. You got Renly down in the south. I don't know if Stannis knows this right now, but Renly's down in the south. He's married to a Highgarden now, and he basically has their army, which is huge. I mean, Highgarden is, is... control of a lot of the resources in Westeros. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, and that, that has a big effect later. Like, you know, being cut off, having King's Landing cut off from the supplies that High Garden provides, it leads to some pretty civil unrest later on. We'll we'll get there when we get there. So um so this whole ceremony occurs. Davos basically heads out and he's kind of chatting with his kids. And one of them is kind of like this was totally uncool, not a good way to do. And um they're all just kind of joshing about it and everything, but they're all I, I say the general view is a little uncomfortable with what just happened. <laughs> um Let's see. 
sorry, some of my notes, some of my notes, I'm like, I don't know what I meant when I wrote that down. I wish I, <laughs> wish I elaborate a little bit on that. It's kind of embarrassing, but it's all right. Um, but yeah, the, the, they talk about, they, they're talking about, you know, their relationship to Stannis as well. Um, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of them asks him, like, okay, what's up with this new sigil that Stannis has? It's, um, it's a it's a heart that's on fire with a stat with a stag on it as well which is super cool by the way right it is it kind is of cool. a, I love it. <laughs> it's a pretty ba ba sigil i would say yeah and um then they start talking then they mention something about uh, davis's sigil him being a knight now and it's like what is it it's a it's a ship on a black field with an onion on the yes. <laughs> on the sail on the sail awesome. which, which is which is so i don't know I think it's a I think it's a really cool sigil because it it just kind of shows like it shows he's like ashamed of where he came from. Yeah, ashamed that people know that he knows where he came from. You know, yep. he's not trying to hide it. He's not like Janos Flint, who's like, oh, oh. how about a bloody spear or whatever. Like, <laughs> he's just like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna completely own my roots because I'm not ashamed of them, and I'm not gonna try to seem cooler than I am. Like, I just love it. In fact, I've already I've said this before. I may, may have told you guys. I'm like, if I ever get to go to like a Game of Thrones con event. I want to have a shirt made with his sigil on it because I think it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be a killer. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I and I think I think that's just it's just another reason why we love Davos. Mm-hmm. I, that was a great comparison you made, Matt, between Janos Lynn and him. You know, he does. I, I'm going to remember where I came from so I can appreciate where I am. Right. That's right. that's Davos right there. So um, we then he then heads into the ton of ships. Um, docked there they're basically they're building these Stannis is trying to build up all these forces and attack king's landing but he might be holding back because he's waiting for the red woman to tell him when to do it maybe he doesn't feel like he has a strong enough army at this point but um but davos heads in to the bar to have a drink i love um he talks about there's this gargoyle statue sitting at the front of the of the building and he walks by pats his head and says luck and I, I don't know, that's just, an, once again, that's another thing that kind of brings him down to earth. You know, him believing, like, you know, this statue, he's my friend, you know, he brings me luck. <laughs> I've, had him, I've had him on the head and good things happen. After, you know, yeah, it's awesome. So he heads on in and we get to meet the Salador San. And this guy is, he is something else. I mean, <laughs> he's super flashy. <laughs> He's got like the most elaborate sleeves. Like, what is oh, it? Yeah. yeah, it said they were so long and large that they like pooled at the bottom, like <laughs> like round near his feet. <laughs> that, I feel that, like he and Varys shop at the same shops. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is that's so true. I bet that's you. Funny. Oh my gosh. I thought it was like a great time to point out that I really enjoyed. Well, I mean, obviously the casting for Davos just like just perfection beyond perfection it's probably a reason that we love like it probably factors into why we love davos so much totally. like he is a well-written character but the casting for the show i mean he's just amazing but salador san like i wish they would have amped up the costume a little more but i do really like the casting that they chose i yeah i i, I think agree. yeah i think they did just fine in the show i was i don't know like he wasn't a character i was really invested in Sure. you know so it was kind of like you know what 
that's fine. I just I, I like I like the way he spoke too. I think I, I love I, I love his mm -hmm. I love his look. I love his accent. But I wish they would have like gone crazy with the costume. <laughs> um, also, I th I think probably my favorite thing about him, by the way, um, he is obsessed with this bowl of grapes that are sitting. <laughs> In my notes, I wrote, "Damn, I want to try these grapes." <laughs> I mean, I mean, literally. So, so kind of the two things that Sal Salador Stan is going to do in the scene. First, he's going to give him kind of a scouting report of what's happened at King's Landing, and then he's going to tell the story of Azora High. And throughout this whole thing, he's literally like, "Oh yeah, they're building all these scorpions. It's kind of crazy." Hey, do you want some of these grapes? Like they're really good. <laughs> you sure you don't want? Them? Okay, sure that's fine. And then, and then he'll be, he'll chat about something else. And he'll be like, oh yeah, Stannis, that guy's so serious, man. He rules with an iron fist. Squeeze the grape in my hand. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's so animated and I, it's so fun. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, he sits down and he's like, Hey, you know, let's, let's chat. Let's uh, do a little status report. Um, basically Salador Sand starts up. He's like, yeah, I saw that whole like ceremony down there. God, I was freaking nuts. Like, what's going on with that? And then he talks about the, you know, oh, he's like, oh yeah, there's so many red priests over in Essos. They bore the hell out of me. Like, just, you know, they're playing with their fires. Just, you know, let them do whatever they want to do. <laughs> um. Then he informs him that Tyrion has taken taken charge of King's Landing. Um. That Janos has been sent off. Which, which by the way, I'm like, man, he's got a he's got some side because that's a pretty small detail. For him to know that you know like like Tyrion coming into king's land and that's kind of big news but for janice slint to be like sent to the wall it's like that doesn't seem like something that's like broadcasted and, and like a big deal so he's got to have some information there um let's see um then he then he kind of oh yeah does a quick rundown on king's land fine building scorpions and this stuff um then he kind of starts ragging on davos and he's like hey dude like when are we gonna do this because i've been stuck in port and i haven't got paid you know because salador sands basically mercenary you know right. they hire, you know they they are a sellsword basically and he's like hey we'll pay you to come and take over king's Land. and he's just sitting there getting paid in paper basically being being paid in promises and i think this just kind of adds to the kind of the tension that's happening on dragonstone which keep in mind um then informs him about renly renly is actually taking a bride and they are marching towards king's landing and they're kind of shocked that renly is bringing this woman with with him you know to bring his queen on this march mm -hmm. that was kind of a big thing that they that they mentioned um let's see and, and, oh, yeah no another good note uh, when he's talking about you know like hey i'm only getting paid in promises here i'm paid at all and davos basically has to vouch for stannis he's like hey he's money bro like it's all good let me get this great quote he says uh the world is twisted beyond hope when lowborn smugglers must vouch for the honor right. of the kings right. <laughs> i thought that was a good you know gut gut punch you know like that's you're right that isn't good you know i mean that does well which is really which is really funny to me that you know because that line doesn't really I don't know. Like I view Stannis as somebody who sticks to his, word. you know, like when he says he's going to do something, I'm not stressing that like, Oh man, he might backstab me. Oh, he might do X, Y, and Z, you know, but, but the, I, I don't know, maybe it's just the situation, you know, 
you know, um, Salder stands getting impatient. He needs some kind of reassurance. And I guess Davos is the person he trusts in order to get that reassurance. Um, let's see. And then, and then he, then they, um, they talk about the whole Zora high ceremony. Again. And, uh, Salder saying he, he's basically, basically is like, you know, that whole thing was a hoax, right? Like that was just a burnt sword. Of that wasn't anything special or whatever. And then he dives into the story about um, Zora High and um, and Brooke. I'm gonna have you give us a little history lesson on. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. like like I, like I mentioned last time, I like it. I like asking Brooke to do these things just because she hasn't read the books, and so it's kind of a sneaky way for me to get you more indoctrinated. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Anyways, all right. So the whole idea behind Azora High is that. Um, it's a prophecy from uh, the Lord of Light, basically saying that there is this prophecy known as the Prince who is promised, who is a hero, Azora High, born amidst smoke and salt, that will wield a sword called Lightbringer to defeat the Great Other and the darkness that it brings to the world. So the idea is that way back when, approximately 8,000 years before Aegon's conquest, there was a hero who was forging a sword. Um, to defeat the darkness. So the first time around, he forged the sword for 30 days and 30 nights. But when he tempered the sword in the water, uh, the sword shattered. It broke. So he tried again. He worked for 50 days and 50 nights. And this time, he decided to temper the sword through a lion's heart. But once he plunged the sword through the lion's heart, it again shattered. So once more, he worked for 100 days and 100 nights. And this time, realizing that he needed the ultimate sacrifice... He plunged the sword through the heart of his beloved wife, Nissa Nissa, and her soul combined with the steel to make the sword Lightbringer that defeated the darkness. Um, the cool little thing about the Azora High is the prophecy that comes with him, which is there will come a day after a long summer when the stars bleed and the cold breath of darkness falls heavy on the world. In this dread hour, a warrior shall draw from the fire a burning sword, and that sword shall be Lightbringer, the red sword of heroes, and he who clasps it shall be Azora High, come again, and the darkness shall flee before him. Dun, Ooh. dun, dun! <laughs> <laughs> pretty, mu pretty much. So, um, so this Azora High story has just exploded into so many different theories as to who is is going to be Azora High if there is going to be one, you know, has it already happened? I would say kind of the big popular ones, it's either Danny or John. I, I so I, I don't know. Do, I personally don't have any strong ideas when it comes to this theory. It's just not something that I'm actually all that interested in like diving deep into because I'm just like I don't know, maybe it's just because so many people have been theorizing it that it's kind of lacking my taste for it. <laughs> but I don't know if I you got yeah. I had some pretty solid theories back in the day that the and it was more of like, oh, I think this is gonna happen with the show. And mm. then mm -hmm. and then when we found out that there was only gonna be one more season and then that the that season was only gonna have six episodes, I'm like, they're not going to do anything with the Azora High <laughs> Um but it was, I mean, it was a fun couple of years, like sitting around with our notebooks and like, you know, <laughs> whiteboards and really, I like, we literally did that. Like we would just really try to figure out these prophecies. And mm. I really did think it was going to be a John Danny situation together um, where 
where he had to, you know, kind of recreate the scenario and, you know, lose his love to fulfill the prophecy once again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, he did kill her. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I, I would no, I would say that that's kind of that's kind of where I land. In general, I did too. that it was going to be John killing Danny in order to basically end the long night or, yeah. you know, end this in order <laughs> to get everything back to normal. Um, and I, th- I think that's probably, that's probably going to be the, the answer. Um, I, I've read, I, it's a solid story. Like I, I would, I would be happy if that worked. Mm-hmm. I just hope it happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would say, yeah. It's talked about. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. I've, um, I've read some people's theories that they're like, yeah, honestly, this is just a story. It happened once. It doesn't mean it's going to happen again. So there's no point to worry about. It. Okay. I guess so. But. I don't know. I feel like Grimm's a very deliberate person. I feel yeah. like, you know, if it's in there, it's going to mean something. It's something important, you know, so. But we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Um, let's see. So he te- tells him the story, and uh, I think it's great. He he says something along like, you know, hey, just be grateful that sword is his or I, you know, too much light can burn the eyes or something along those And I think I think that is a great way to say it that's like look like if you tap into this power it's going to be too you know let's say he let's say Stannis does tap into this story and who knows maybe it is he is the true Azor High you know there hits a point where too much power is going to harm you it's going to hurt you uh, I, I thought it was just kind of a cool way to explain it um let's see so Salador Sand heads out he ate all the grapes you know Davos didn't want any so he just went for it um and then Davos st- starts to kind of contemplate on what he says. Um, he he even like, I don't know, he, he's thinking about Stannis being this one true hero. Davos ends, ends up thinking about himself. You know, he believes that he isn't a hero. He, I'm not that kind of guy. You know, I'm not going to be the one who's going to save this world. You know, once again, another thing that makes us love him, he's a cool guy. He's not power <laughs> hungry like everybody else. Um, thinks about his wife and then um then he gets word that he needs to go uh, see stannis um on his way he runs into a guy named axel a total kiss ass by the way <laughs> <laughs> just i just want to put that out there that's all i have to say about the scene he is a kiss ass so truth um and then um so he goes in to meet stannis and we get this kind of i don't know i think i maybe i dove too too deep into this part but i thought it was interesting so that was heads in Sanus is in there with with um, Maester. Um, oh, I can't. I, I forgot his name last time I brought him too, but he's with one of the Maesters and they're writing a letter. Stannis tells him like, "Hey, Davos, come in here. Come in here and read this." Davos goes in. He picks up this piece of paper and then he's like, "Hey, just so you know, I can't read." <laughs> or he tells him like, "Well, I I can't read this," and Stannis is like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that." What I found kind of funny is. I think it's funny that Davos even went in and picked up the paper at all. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. like he, it's like Davos knows he can't he can't read. So what was the point of him going up, picking it up, and like looking at it? And I think that I think that might be just a small little hint to how devoted Davos is to Stannis. You know, he's even though there's no point for him to pick up and read a letter, he's still going to do it because that's what Stannis told him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and our and. and and then I thought, like, man, I wonder why Thanos, like, it seems like he forgot that Davos can't read, even though he's really 
tight with him. Maybe he's just a little distracted at the moment. But it made me kind of get the feeling, and like maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it almost kind of gave me the feeling of that, like you know, the awkward relationship where you realize you're like, I think I like this person more than they like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> like maybe yes. Stannis or Davos is a little more into Stannis than Stannis is into him. You know, like. Yeah, it's like, like you're my best friend, but I'm not your best friend, I have kind of lots thing. Of best friends, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, again, obviously, Stan is like he wants Davos there. Like he sees his value, he respects him, he is a trusted advisor, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like um, Stannis is like, or, or Davos is like very obsessed. Like, like maybe you're, maybe he's just like you're not. He's not that into you, Davos. <laughs> He can't even remember that you don't read. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- I mean, there is a possibility of that because just it might just be kind of a power dynamic type thing. Davos mm-hmm. realizes, like, hey, in order for me to stay where I'm at, you know, if Stannis falls, I and you know, I don't want to fall. And maybe, maybe Stannis just doesn't, you know, he doesn't see that. In Davos. He thinks like, okay, I do respect and trust what Davos tells me. I mean, there's. I mean, he flat out tell, tells Davos at one point, he's like, look, like, you're not going to kiss my ass. You're not going to fluff any words. You're just going to tell me what you know. So sit down and tell me what I, you need to tell me. But if Davos, if Davos all of a sudden, you know, was killed or something like that, sure, Stannis is going to lose a trusted advisor, someone he respects, but it's not going to, you know, it's not going to ruin him. He's right. not going to lose his position of power over Davos dying. So maybe, maybe, maybe that could be a factor in Maybe this relationship. Whereas, like, I think if Stannis died, you know, again, I don't think he's in it for the title or anything, but I think he would really weep the loss of he believes is a great, a great man. Like he would mourn the mm-hmm. loss of Stannis, and I'm not sure that it, that rose the way. That's yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a it's a great relationship between these two, and it's really it's really cool to see how it grows and changes throughout the books. Um, so he goes in and. Basically, what Stannis has done, he has the information that Joffrey, Marcella, and Tommen are not the son, the son daughters of Robert and Cersei. It's Cersei and Jamie's kids. And Stannis is basically going to send out a spam email to everybody, (laughs) (laughs) basically saying, hey, just so you all know, like, these aren't the trueborn sons of Robert and Cersei. Jamie Jamie and Cersei's their incestuous children. They should not be, you know, they should not be ruling this kingdom. I'm your true king. Things like that. And um, I'll tell you what, sending a spam email to everybody in West, a lot of work. <laughs> um, I, th- I think he said something. They have like about 145 crows or ravens or whatever that that can send out these letters to all the, you know, to all the major houses in Westeros. You know, a good chunk of them are probably going to get shot down. Some of them will get eaten by a hawk. And someone will just, some people will just ignore them completely. So he's also planning on sending Davos with a couple other people and basically going around to all these, these houses that are on the coast and, you know, basically telling them or going around, you know, handing out, handing out more letters to people, trying to just basically spread the word. And, <laughs> and, I, and, and, and Stannis's reasoning behind it is he's basically like, look, Ned Stark had this in and he kept it to himself and look what happened to him. Yeah. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. going to let I that happen. <laughs> right? And and I don't, I would say I don't know. I think it's a pretty good move. 
I don't I mean I'm no expert when it comes to things like this, but in my brain, that's that gives him, you know, if he gets enough people believing this, gets the the common people to believe this, then they're going to view Stannis as the rightful king, and right. that just boosts his position. You well, know, I, like he has nothing to lose. Like worst case scenario, people are like, he's a wacko. What is he talking about? Like just ignore him <laughs> or he might gain some alliances like he really doesn't have much to lose with it because it's not like a lot of people seemingly hold him in like super high regard or like hey i wonder what stannis is up to these days <laughs> like like he doesn't have much to lose it seem like right and um so and, and then they start kind of going over the letter reading through it <laughs> i kind of like some i like some of the corrections stannis does and i and do too davis has a couple things um what is it? Yeah, the two ones that Stannis says, hey, whoa, you gotta put a sir in Jamie Lannister. You know, he's, <laughs> he's a total asshole and I hate him, but he is still a but knight. he is a knight. Yeah, let's stick to it. And then, um, the other one is like, yeah, I don't know about that whole beloved brother yeah. thing, in terms of Robert. I don't I don't think we can put that down. I like what Davos is like, well, I mean, but is it hurting anything just to leave it? He's like, take it out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I really I, hate that guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, no, I'm not going to send out. Take it out. It's not true. <laughs> which, which, I mean, that's a pretty strong character moment right there. That, like, if you, if someone was like, hey, what's Stannis like? I'd be like, okay, well, here, just read that. Yeah. That's what Stannis You'll is like. <laughs> he's blunt. He's straight. Um, then kind of the the big one that Davos brings up is at the end of the letter. It says, "Done in the light of the light of the Red God" or something along. And Davos is basically like, look, that's a completely different thing to these people in Astros. You coming in and saying that you're doing this in the light of a different god, it's strange on their tongue. Oh, no, I, this is a good part. Davos says, says something like, yeah, it's strange, it's strange on the tongue. It's, you know, people don't know how to even pronounce the name. And Stannis is like, Relor. That's how you say it. It's not that hard. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like okay, either Stannis, you're you're just a very humorous guy, or you didn't really understand what that what Davos I think just said. Still it's, it's a good point from Davos. Like that's going to be a very isolating statement. Like either it's going to be confusing to people, or they're going to be like, "Uh, that's not my god." <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. I mean, because the thing is, I feel like the purpose of this whole thing is that Stannis is trying to get people on his side and kind of prove to them, like, "Hey." I am the rightful king because these kids, you know, they're incestuous kids. And but when you tack on the whole light kind of negating what you're doing right, you know, it's it's kind of like it's more isolating than it is yeah. welcoming. Right? Yeah, well, it's kind of like if someone from Essos just came over. I was like, "Hey, I'm going to rule Westeros. You guys want to ride?" You know, it's like, "Okay, whoa. Like, I don't know who you are. I don't know what what your motives are thing. And when you add in all this fusion and these foreign things, the general populace along with it. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of a point of contention between them there. Um, they also, um, and, and then I think, I think Sans is trying to kind of counteract that he uh, counter counteract that thing as well by um, one of his plans. He's going to get a hold of Edric storm. Edric Storm is a bastard child of Robert, um, and he lo he looks like Robert. He's got the dark hair, 
And the plan is he's going to get a hold of him and kind of parade him around. Say, this is what um, a child of, Stan- of Robert Baratheon looks like. And this is nothing what Joffrey, Tom, and Marcella look like at all. Right. Do you think that, like, should he be at all worried about Edric challenging his claim to the throne? Because I um, do know that on paper, like, the second eldest brother has more of a right than a, bast- a, true, you know, a bastard son. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like there is still some, like, he has something to go on there. I would say the way Stannis' mind works, that's not even an option to him. He's basically right. like, no. Because he's all about, like, he, you know those charts that show, like, lawful evil lawful good <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh yeah he's the definition of lawful good like mm-hmm. like he it's he, he's not doing it because he thinks it's the right thing or because it's honorable or because you know it's good for the people like he's doing it because like on paper this is what you're supposed to do and so i don't think he would be that worried about it but in my mind i'm like it's still like Cersei's worried about it. She's going after all the bastards. Which side note? Why mm. doesn't she go after Edric? Like she's going after um, all his other bastards. Like why not the one that everyone knows about? Yeah, I would say I would say part of the, the reason one. she's not doing that is because he's well known. People know right. who he is. Right. And if low key knock him out though, yeah. You know, like, oh, well, yeah, it's a possibility. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe asshole. she, maybe she entertained that idea. It's, but yeah, you know, but when it, it comes weird that you would go after the, um, you know, the whore and the brothel, little baby girl, and you'd go after the, the blacksmith that has no idea who he is, but these ones who have been recognized and could make a claim for the throne, they are safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. You know, it's interesting you say that then. So Cersei is trying to take out all these bastards. And I think part of the reason is just because. So let's let's take it from Cersei's perspective. She knows that her kids are not Roberts. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want anyone out there who, even who remotely looks like Robert in mm-hmm. order to basically do what Stannis wants to do. Stannis wants to put Edric Storm on display, mm-hmm. say, this is what a child of Robert looks like. And she's trying to stop that. Right. Now, what's interesting to me is that Varys specifically took care of um, Gendry and got him out of King's Landing. And to me, what that means is that Varys is invested in, he's invested in Robert's children. And I'm curious as to why I'm assuming it might be basically what Stannis is doing. He's like, I want to keep Gendry safe so that when I, when I need to overthrow the Lannisters, I can get, pull a, Gendry a out. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause you know, cause he doesn't know where everything's going to land when, you know, when basically Danny and the the Dothraki and the whole fake Aegon thing and you know comes over, he doesn't know like where everything's gonna stand, and he's basically like, okay, I need to keep Gendry safe so that if I need to take the Lannisters out, I can use him to show that these aren't Robert's kids. Um, you know, I think this mm-hmm. also kind of awards both 
Robert's bastard and Stannis a little bit of a safety net to this mass email and parading him around <laughs> because mm-hmm. if anything were to happen to him now I'm sure the rumors are spreading as Davos is going out and speaking with all of you know all of the lords trying to get allies for Stannis I'm sure rumors are spreading about what Stannis is up to and of course there's all the spies and everything that Cersei and the king in King's Landing has anyways but I feel like parading the bastard around and setting out the mass mailing almost affords them a safety net. Like, hey, enough, you can't really just come after us and try to assassinate us now because we've spoken out against you and that's going to look bad against you. You know what I mean? That makes you look guilty once you spread that around. So I feel like it also gives them just a little bit of like, okay, you can't just outright take me out right now because you kind of proved Everyone's my point. Yeah. Yes. No, that th- those are awesome thoughts. I would say um, the other thing I wanted to say, I think that Stannis bringing Edric Storm around is actually a very smart move on his part because so kind of twofold. One, most people in Westeros are illiterate. Mm-hmm. Um, they you know he can't just send these letters out to everybody and expect them to read it and understand it. So he's like, okay, let me send out. Davos to read these and other knights to read it to these people. And I think he also had the idea of like, you know what? Most people in Westeros are visual, visual people. I mean, if you look back in um if you look back in history to the Catholic Church and all that, they had these great displays of stained glass windows, these beautiful pieces of art to depict what happened in the Bible. And I think part of that was because a lot of people couldn't read. They needed a visual, something to look at, to tell them what happened. And I feel like that's kind of what Stannis is doing right now. He wants to show Edric Storm, like, this is visual proof that this is true. This isn't just words on paper. This is, you know, this is it. So I, I I feel like Davos has a decent, solid plan here in my mind. At least, least in my mind. I'm sure if I sat down and thought of it, maybe I could think of a few flaws, but <laughs> overall, I think he's doing pretty good. Um, good job, Davos. Yeah. Props to you guys. <laughs> um, and then, um, then we kind of wrap up the chapter with basically Davos is kind of questioning this whole relationship he has with the Red Woman, with Melisandre, and what's going on. And basically Stans is like, look, the faith of the seven never gave me anything. You know, they're not the ones that are going to, you know, help me take down King's Landing and give me power. But this red woman has something. There's something behind her words that are granting me some this type of power that's going to help me succeed. So I feel like I feel like there's some things that happened um, behind behind these chapters, something that we didn't actually get to see that shown Stannis like okay whoa she just did that thing and you know she did A and B happened that's kind of crazy you know um and then um then we get then uh we get basically a story that it's kind of it's kind of weird to me I feel like this chapter like explains Stannis's views on like I need I need something else that's going to give me power and then he does then he tells a story as like a metaphor to explain explain it and it's like well he already explained it I don't know why. So it's like, I don't know why we needed the story, but basically the story is um, Stannis basically took in this hawk um, called Proud Wing, I believe, and uh, tried to nurse it back to health. He tried to train it for hawking. And of course, Robert comes in and he, you know, he's got a bird named Thunderclap and he's like, oh, this is such a badass bird. 
and you know he follows orders he's a great hawk stance basically looks at this bird he saved and realizes it's not giving me any power you know it's not doing what i needed to do and then he turns around and he's like i have a new i have a new hawk it's the red that's what's gonna bring me power you know save us all yeah so anyways that's I like the story i thought it was a pretty pretty good analogy he made Mm-hmm. I like that story and I get it, but I still feel like for somebody as black and white as Stan is, following the red woman is so out of character. Like it's just very strange. Yeah, it's well, I, I think it is it, it is a little rough to wrap around. I think I think when you think of Stannis, I think he's a character that you really have to keep his past in mind almost all the time, realizing how much let like you know like storm's end was supposed to go to him it was totally passed over robert never gave him the chance to become hand of the king he was passed over for college roommate basically mm-hmm. um I, I don't know yeah I, I think it's just one it's tough to like you know when you read stannis you're just like god this guy's kind of a dick like he's <laughs> kind of a dick like all the time and then you kind of think of his past and you're like okay i guess that makes sense as to why he's this way but it's still kind of tough to to swallow sometimes. Um, but anyway, so that is that's the first chapter in Davos's POV. I think it's a great start to his story. Absolutely, just made me love him more. I, well, I'll t- I'll tell you what. Like I remember reading this chapter the first time, and it was just like, dude, this guy is awesome. I love this guy, and I literally just met him. Like I want to go out, <laughs> you know, like get a drink with him and hang out and go. To- or something or i don't know i want him to be my grandpa like <laughs> i'd be fine with i'd be fine with that <laughs> anyways um did you guys have anything else we want to talk about davos before we get out i mean i know we just kind of threw a bunch of love at him this whole time but i mean it's yeah. it's a good chapter i highly recommend people read this a couple times in their lifetime That's uh, all I had. okay awesome awesome well here why don't we cruise on to our next chapter, and we're in another new POV, which is Theon. So I wanted to ask you guys, before you read this chapter, do you, do you, do you remember how you felt about Theon before we got into his mind? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here, here, here oh, Madison. Yes. Ma- Madison, what did you think about Theon before you read this chapter? So if I, if I completely take the show out of my mind, like just from a book perspective, like he's just a little twit. Like he just always has to like, he's the guy, you know, it's like a story topper. Like the guy who always has to get the, the last one. Oh man. And like, he's always one that's sitting there like, yeah, yeah. And then he said, you know, like, you know, he's like, like <laughs> Rob's hype guy. And is, you know, you can just tell that he's just not a good guy and that he's really just thinking about himself and he's just obnoxious. Like that's, that's basically, I mean, yes, he saved Bran, but at the same time, I'm like, I think he saved Bran so he could brag about it. Like, I don't <laughs> think he has like obligation. Like, you know, it's obviously like you're the, that's what you're there to do, but I don't think he did it because he's like a little boy. I will save him. I think he was just like, yeah, remember that one time? This will be a good story to tell at yeah. the end later. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm sure in that situation, he came over the hill, saw it happen. He's like, oh, this is going to be a 
awesome. <laughs> like I can shoot him <laughs> right through the back. It's gonna be sweet. I'm gonna get so many points with the stars today. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 about you, Brooke? Do, do you kind of have similar had a similar view on him? You think pretty much the same thing. I mean, he just reminds me of like one of those people that no matter how you insult them it could be true as true can be and they're just gonna sit there and just laugh and be like oh yeah like you really think that like i'm so much better than you i couldn't even possibly listen to this story like he's just very arrogant and arrogant yeah yeah yeah. i just i agree with everything madison said he's just this did let's just say as much as i can understand sort of why he's this way after reading this chapter it still didn't make me love him anymore at this point yeah (laughs) so yeah so after reading this chapter i mean we kind of go through a little roller coaster i would say because when we start reading this chapter we're like oh my gosh he's so much worse than i thought he was (laughs) i mean it's just terrible and then kind of at the end we're like oh bro man you're really out of touch well, it's kind of those things that you're like, well, I don't really care who you are. Like, you don't want to sit back and witness that kind of humiliation happen to anybody. Like, yeah. because A, you don't, you know, nobody wants to witness that. But also, like, it's awkward for you. You're like, oh, my gosh, that was so terrible. Like, <laughs> just sat back and let it happen. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Um, but here, um, so I just kind of want to get your first views on this because it's our first time in his mind. But um, let's jump into the chapter here um so basically theon has um kind of what his mission has been given he's going to head to the iron islands and basically propose an alliance between rob and balon Greyjoy, theon's father to basically get him on the side of the war to you know have you know so that he can have the Greyjoy ships so that they could take out the lannisters and theon's on the bow of the ship he's looking out on pike it's rising up from the horizon and he's kind of thinking back to the time when he was taken away from from Pike, from his homeland. And he's like, oh, you know, it's, it's the opposite. I'm now rising back to it. You know, I'm going to go there and I'm going to be the king, basically. Um, but he's look he's looking on Pike and man, it is a sad place. I mean, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's so beautiful. Oh, and my gosh. Like, and- he, he's so happy. <laughs> Like, like this statue, the, the, this place is crumbling into the sea. I mean, just everything's dilapidated. There's, I believe at one point he's talking about, he's like, oh yeah, like the Iron Islands were great. I mean, you couldn't like plant any like, like, you know, crops because the ground was so rocky and there's a lot of mining and that really sucks too. Oh yeah. It rains a ton, but it was cool. It was a good place. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, so happy to be home. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, then of course, um, just like pretty much everybody else, he looks, he sees the comet, looks upon it, and of course, it's for Theon. Like he's like, ah, oh, that's my sign. That's <laughs> my sign. It's me rising to my my status as, as ruling the Iron Islands. The way it is. Um, God, it's just crazy. But <laughs> well, it's just kind of funny. So he's looking at all this. He's feeling all great about himself, and then he starts thinking back to kind of his trip. And ooh, excuse me. He's thinking back. He realized when he got into um, Gaul, Seaguard, I believe, is where he went to, and he expected like the the Ironborn to come pick him up. <laughs> like he basically rode there. He's like, okay, they'll pick that me up. I'll go there. So I'll do my thing. Cool. His little progression. Like, well, at first I thought they were gonna come get me. 
Well, then then I called an Uber and I, I you know, I got there on my <laughs> and then I was like, oh, well, this is going to be like a big great. And like, that's so awkward when you're like, ooh. <laughs> Yeah, right. So basically he gets into Seaguard and he's like, okay, well, they didn't come pick me up. That's kind of weird. Maybe probably the Raven just, you know, my email didn't go through, you know, it was bad reception. <laughs> um, so I'm going to hire this tradesman to bring me. There. And I would say that this tradesman is just, just adds to Theon's ego. You know, he's, he's like, oh, okay. You're, you know, let's, let's get you lavishly. And, you know, you can have my captain's court get you over here and yeah, he didn't help the situation no. yeah well, well and then plus theon you know he's like oh yeah i'm so important that i can pay someone to drive me to my house i <laughs> i can uber someone no not not anyone can do that you know only some people can that's <laughs> that's basically what his view is like no literally anyone <laughs> i could just see someone doing they're like you know what? i'm gonna call a private uh you know, car to come pick us up, you know, no one can do that. I'm like, well, I could just Uber. No, 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 I can do it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, um, basically he's there. He, he, they're, they're, you know, heading towards Pike. Um, Theon's gotten pretty dang friendly with the captain's daughter. Um, and they basically, he's basically like, all right, well let us know when we get there. I'm going to head down to the captain to your, to your quarters, you know, have some sex with your daughter and yeah, just let me know. <laughs> such a jerk i I think if i had to pick one that is like my least favorite scene in the entire show oh my gosh yeah oh yeah there are some contenders but i really think that's the one that i'm just like nope i can't i'll I'll fast forward through it (laughs) yeah no yeah it's a sex scene like you know everything about it is just cringe cringe. yeah no (laughs) that that scene is like on par with the little finger yeah. You know, he's basically trying yeah. to tell backstory while they're moaning in the background. It's just like, <laughs> I, feel gosh. like I would watch that one before I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so, geez. Um, also, I, I don't know. I thought it was, I, I thought it was kind of funny. He's like, yeah, sh- well, man. Okay. So this is how much of an asshole Theon is. One thing of note, he never mentions this girl's name at all. And he doesn't like, he probably doesn't even know. Oh, he probably. Do- yeah, no, he has no idea. Yeah, he has no idea. And then he basically body shames her. He's basically like, yeah, she's got like kind of oatmeal-y skin. You know, she's a little overweight. Um, I don't know. Her boobs are kind of big. That's kind of cool. But I don't know. Like, whatever. And it, I mean, it's just so like, wow. Like, I understand like it was different. You know, like women were not respected in any way back then. But God, <laughs> like, yeah, so very cool. inferior. It was very infuriating reading it. So basically they go down there, they have some sex. He gives a, gives him a blow job and it's just sex position basically, which is, which is funny. I feel like, I feel like this is kind of the first time we have sex position in the books, at least in my mind. It happens very often in the show, but I think this is the first time in the books. Um, what I find interesting about it is he's basically telling her about the iron Islands as if he's like an expert on the, on the, the topic. And as if she cares. <laughs> yeah. Also that she probably doesn't care, but you know, he's like, Oh yeah. Like he, he's talking about the old ways. Badass. They are. We used to raid the, you know, Westeros all the time. And, you know, we don't do that anymore because people got mad at us for doing <laughs> whatever. And, um, yeah, that's the other kind of guy. He is the guy who like, you know, he threw the winning touchdown at a football game in high school. And now he just like, 
lived rides that wave his whole life. <laughs> yeah, he like shows up at the local bars and he's like, yeah. So that reminds me of this one time that I threw the winning football. And you know, you're like, whatever, get over it. What a townie. Pretty much. And then, um, so after you know, he's given a little history lesson to basically her, and then he talks about how. Or he, he thinks, you know, he, he saw joy when Ned and Robert were killed, basically, which, OK, when I read that the first time, I was like, you know what? I guess that does kind of make sense. Robert and Ned basically came in, shut down the rebellion and took him away from his family. I can understand his anger towards them. Yeah, OK. And I did kind of like that, honestly, because I don't know. It's really I love stories where you basically you get you know, five different perspectives on the same thing because it's so different from where you're standing, you know, when you saw this, what happened here, right. how do you think right. about it? So I was like, okay, that makes sense. I like that. But, and then um, basically he's thinking like, man, Ben and Robert are dead. God, I've succeeded so much more than my father has ever succeeded. Like, this is great. And I'm just like, dude, you didn't do shit. You, <laughs> like, <laughs> you did nothing. Yeah, no, that, that's basically kind of the view of it. He's, He's like, oh, yeah, like, I feel like in his brain, he thinks that he caused the death of the people who took him and stopped his father. Like, that all he you do is somehow? Ned's sword for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, um, let's see. You um, got treated really well while you were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, so he wraps up with her. He gets all dressed up. He basically brags to her like, hey, you're probably pregnant. Just so you know. You know, you can have a king's son. How cool is that? And walks away. It's just like <laughs> such a douche. He's such a douchebag. It's douchebag. Yes. Douche <laughs> um, also, also, one note that I want to that I real I that I realized after reading them when just to add to his douchebaggery when um he talks about her going through her you know how she looks and all that stuff and how it's like okay it's fine whatever at least. He actually he mentions that she was a virgin when they first had sex, and he actually mentions that he was like, "Well, she was willing willing enough to sleep with me," and I was like, "That is infuriating to read." Like he basically like you know persuaded her them, and it's just yeah, yeah. Just to throw that out there, everybody, Uh... Theon's a dick. Okay. But spoiler alert, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, he'll end up being a great, the best characters ever written, but he's still, he, well, we're, we're focusing on the present. Right. Um, let's see. So they get into town. Um, he's kind of looking at, you know, the area around there. He's seen all these buildings that were rebuilt, these places that reinforced, you know, from the, the rebellion. And when Robert and Ed came in and basically broke down this castle, one small note, the sept that was there that, you know, that's for the faith of the seven was never. Re- so I think that kind of shows us that they've kind of rejected that faith and they're trying to stick to just, you know, the, um, their religion. I can't, wow. What's the name of the, the sea God? No, salt sorry. God? The, oh my gosh. Why can't I think of it? <laughs> One second. I, I feel, man. I'm having a brain fart here. <laughs> yeah, uh, ba- no, it's funny you say that. That's basically what it is. Right. Um, oh, okay. The Drowned God. That's what it is. The Drowned God. The Drowned God. God. That's what it is. Terrible Game of Thrones fans. <laughs> I know. My gosh. Ridiculous. Um, 
So, so, and then there are two things happen here. One, Theon notices that there's actually long ships and more ships like in anchor right now. This is this is actually pretty dang important when it comes to learn at the end of this chapter. She didn't want to get there. The second thing I, re- I thought was really funny. They pull in and, you know, the people that are down the docks bring the boat in. They're tying it up. The merchant guy basically gets up and he's like, hey, guys, I got some great stuff here. I got some spices. I got some mirrors. I got some cool stuff over here. Some threads. Oh, yeah. I brought your king back, too. I, <laughs> I just I loved I mean, that, I feel like that was just a very subtle way for him to shade. And oh yeah, in a great way for us as the reader to be like, oh okay, this actually isn't that big of a (laughs) that Theon's back on the island, right? And then um then of course it uh then just more salt in the wound. Theon expected like an honor guard, you know, people to to travel with him to go see his father. No one no one shows up. No one's there. There's no parade waiting. Um, but then, um, then Aaron Greyjoy shows up. Now, Aaron Greyjoy is the brother to Balon, to Balon Greyjoy. He's Theon's uncle, and he has had a big shift in his life. Um, Theon, Theon remarks on it later on. He used to be a pretty party guy, really chill dude. He's the cool uncle, you know, that you always want to hang out <laughs> with. But he went through an experience of being taken by a storm. He was almost basically drowned and he came out of it alive and ever since then he's devoted his life to the drowned god and he's very religious very stoic now which is just which is a pretty great black and white thing for us to look at and show us how things have changed for theon you know this he's not in kansas yeah (laughs) um and 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 just just keep Aaron Greyjoy in your mind because um, he'll pop up later on. We'll actually get a POV from him later on. In the Ooh, books. yeah, he's he's pre- he's pretty interesting. Um, basically, so he's like, "All right, let's pack up. Let's go see your father." Theon's trying to basically get a bunch of information out of him. He's trying to ask him like, "Hey, why are the longships like, you know, set up to go?" And he's like, "Dude, why do you think? Why do you think? Like, why would you set up longships?" You know. <laughs> not going to do the purpose of they're not going to do the war thing but he doesn't really actually tell him that he's just like he basically just says you should know and just walks off <laughs> um then um then he questions on questions on theon basically how he views life right now god and he's basically aaron's basically like look you you've been living on the mainland for 10 years straight do you worship these trees do you worship these false gods that they all believe in and of course theon's not say he does even which is true he doesn't anyways and aaron basically baptizes him it's like look you know you're back you're back here you need to respect where you came from it's gonna happen right now so he um gets on his knees he pours some salt water on his head he says he says the the words even asks him like do you even remember the word it's like yeah i do you know but his dead men never die and i I like how the salt water stain his eyes like you know, like, man, this sucks. Oh, you know, <laughs> which is funny because just a little bit ago, he was bragging about how like tough and intense the, you know, yeah, the, gra- the Greyjoy men are. But he was worried about getting dirt on his pants when he was told the to Neil oh, be baptized. Yes. yes, that was it. He's like, oh, man, my pants. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, 
Oh, <laughs> God. He, he's just, he's, he's a fish out of water and he doesn't even, he, he just won't believe that he doesn't belong there. But he's so, no, he's like so out of touch. Like, I feel like even if they were excited that Theon was back, they wouldn't send an honor guard for him. Like, that just doesn't seem like something that they would do. <laughs> right. No, I agree. I think. So another thought I had on this. I mean, he was 10 years old. I'm sure when, when he was taken away from the Greyjoys. And I would say that. Um, I would say that he probably was educated a little bit on the Ironborn history. But the thing is, when he went to went to Winterfell, Maester Lewin probably was the guy who taught him a lot of things growing up. And I think it's just interesting that Theon's basically spouting all his history, everything about the Ironborn, and it was everything he's talking about was probably taught to him by a Maester. Was straight out of right. the book. He didn't you know live I mean? it; he was fed to him. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah. So that happens. He's baptized. And then we kind of get an update on where everybody is. Um, Theon's mother is on another island. She's, I believe she's sick. Um, let's see. Sorry, hold on. I'm trying, I'm trying to read my own notes here. Um, then we kind of get Theon's kind of thoughts on the Stark family. Um, he thinks about Ned and Catelyn and basically, yeah, Ned was like, he was cool and all. But, you know, he was trying to be the father. He just, you know, it didn't really work out very well. Catelyn was pretty cold to him, which is pretty consistent with how he is, <laughs> how she is anyways. She, Catelyn just doesn't like anybody unless it's her kids, I feel like. <laughs> True. Jeez. Um, then he thinks about John and Rob, and basically John's like, for John, he's like, yeah, he was just always trying to hang. Dude, you're so young. Not that. <laughs> but. But I kind of, I, I did like the part where he's, he thinks about Rob and he's like, you know what? Rob's a pretty chill dude. I like him. Like, we're bros. I don't know. It was just kind of nice. Like, I don't know. We're hating a lot on Theon, but it's kind of nice. Like, okay, at least has some sympathy towards the family that he was stuck with forever. You know, he has a friend, I guess. Um, let's see. Then... Da, 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 da. Yeah, and basically Theon starts trying to basically brag to, to Aaron Greyjoy. He's just like, hey, you know, I got a letter from Rob. We're, we're, we're fighting this war. You know, I, I have his ear. I'm his right-hand man and all this stuff. And and Aaron's basically just not giving him the time of day. He's just like, dude, like, really? Yeah. You're going you're gonna to associate with these people? You know, there's this comet in the sky. You think that's for you? And like, you know, all this other stuff. And he basically just like, dude, just shut up. We have a long ride ahead of us and i just don't think i can take your chatter right now <laughs> asking you any of this <laughs> pretty much so theon then arrives at um pike and goes in there they kind of they get him all set up and actually we have we have another moment he rides in and he asks for about a couple different people who are who lived there when he was there and he's like oh yeah they're dead he too and, you know, it's just another thing that's changed that, he, you know, he's out of touch on it. And then, um, then they kind of get him set up in his room and he, and I'm sure it was perfectly done. Theon's basically put into this room. I, th- I believe it was, ca- it's called the bloody keep. Mm-hmm. It's where a lot of people were killed while they were sleeping. None of the sheets have been changed. The rushes are all disgusting and terrible. 
And Theon basically goes in. He's like, well, this isn't going to work. And, you know, he, hey, I need, hey, I need, I need a, I need a bath. I want these sheets changed. I want this all fixed up. And they bring them the bath. The water's still tepid. It's salt water, which isn't whatever. <laughs> and I, th- I think this is all just, I can almost see Balon Greyjoy like, hey, make sure that water is like just under hot, you know? Yeah. Don't make it, you know, I don't want it to be comfortable, you know? <laughs> um, Theon starts to get dressed up and God. So he's getting all dressed up. He's getting all the fancy stuff. He's got the gold chain. He's got the black the black doublet with you know the sigil on it and then i don't know why i thought it was so funny he's like he was like oh yeah then he pulled out his knife you know gave it a couple licks on his whetstone and put it back in you know i always keep my knives so sharp you know (laughs) just like oh my gosh he's like some guy who's like always just like checking his reflection in the mirror yeah probably (laughs) has a fidget spinner (laughs) (laughs) he's um let's see what what, uh we call model ninjas mall ninjas (laughs) yeah he's got you know he's that guy who's like he has like 10 pocket knives and like five of them are you know way too long and one's in the shape of an s yes and it's just like there's no point to that (laughs) like that doesn't actually serve um i feel like theon's outfit in in pike is like salvador san's outfit in the middle of the inn in Dragonstone. Like, it's oh, just man. so out of place. <laughs> like, oh, and, and yeah, Balon's going to give him crap for it. Oh, like, yeah. Easy. He humiliates him. <laughs> um, also, I just want to note, um, so Theon's heading to... So, basically, the way Pike's set up, there's these three different towers, basically, and there's these rope bridges connecting, them, which seems kind of ridiculous. You'd think they would put something more reinforced, but <laughs> whatever works, I guess. Um, and while he's going there, he's going through all the doors, buildings, and everything is just so wet. Like, he talks about <laughs> the doors are, like, damp, like, all the time. And I'm just like, God, this sounds so miserable. Sounds just the worst place ever. And I do, I do like he gets to the final door. He knocks on it. And, like, his glove, like, gets caught on, like, a small splinter, and it, like, rips it. He's like, oh, my <laughs> yeah. glove. No! Yeah, I, I think that's just a nice little, like, small way to show, like, dude, you are just, you're not, you're, you're not on par with what's happening. <laughs> so, um, he goes in, meets his dad. And this guy is super gaunt. He looks like he's just drenched all the time in my like his hair is just wet all the time. Uh, he's just he's just just a shadow of the man that he used to be, in terms of Theon's mind. And um, he goes in there, and you know, there's a lot of lot of conversing. They talk about Robert and Ned being dead, and Balon's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I heard they were dead, and it didn't bring me a lot of joy, but at least I outlived them, I guess. <laughs> which is just just pretty sad. Um, and then so we get bitter. <laughs> right yeah he's super he's super super bitter then we get the confrontation about theon's clothes one of the one of the big things about the iron islands that they all that they try and follow is you either pay with the gold price or you pay the iron price and you know back in the day when they were raiding and everything everything you owned was something you took from someone else you you put your blood your sweat your tears into it and you took it away from someone and he basically asked Theon, like, did you pay the gold price or the iron price for these clothes, for this, 
for this um, gold chain around your neck, which, by the way, makes you look like a whore. Like, what the hell's up with that? <laughs> and Theon, like... Theon's like, I like this chain. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> well, and Theon's basically like, I forgot. I totally forgot. And which which is like, wow. Like, I, I feel like this whole time we were like, man, you're really out of touch. You're really out of touch. And this moment, I was like, that seems like a core thing about being an Ironborn. You know, that's like a big right. deal. That's like forgetting, like, like that, that'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the faith of the six. And then all of a sudden someone's like, dude, it's the seven. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, like, I feel like that's kind of a core belief almost of them. And he totally well, forgot he, about it. Yeah, he was like spouting all this history. Like, he knew exactly what he was talking about. And that seems like a really big thing to forget. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so he rips that chain off, checks it into the fire, and he's like, dude, I paid like 10 bucks for that. Like, what the hell? <laughs> um, then Theon basically is like, all right, well, this is why I'm here, you know. Rob has an army. We want you to join it so that we can take out the Lannisters. He's basically like, look, Rob, trust me. You know, I'm his right-hand man, and Balon is Really? You're conspiring with those, those tree worshippers over there? Like, what the hell's up with that? And it's sort of just, you know, Basically, Balon's taking everything that Theon thinks is a positive thing and flipping it around and just <laughs> being like, that's not a good thing. You may think it's good, but not. Which I think is... <laughs> uh, once again, I, I think Balon's just a very, very bitter person. <laughs> right. Especially because I'm like, it's not a bad plan. Like, it probably would be... Like, if it worked, it would be in, in your favor to really, like, embrace this and it would be better for your people and for... The future of the Iron Islands, but like he's too prideful to like think that far, like that far in the future. He's just like, no, nah, hate those guys. No, nah. well, no, it's well, it's totally true. I mean, I mean, Theon's a little um, over glorifying himself because kind of the plan right. is that they would basically get Balon Greyjoy's ships, draw the Lannister army out of Castle Rock, and then they would go and take Castle Rock. And of course, Theon's like, "Yeah, I'll take Casterly Rock as my seat of house. Like, that's that'd be totally <laughs> cool." I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, Theon!" <laughs> that's a, yeah, like even Balon comments on it. He's like, "Wow, it's a pretty mighty, you know, reward for yourself for delivering a letter." <laughs> um, then kind of the big mistake happened. Um, basically, Theon's like, "Look, if you join us, you know, Rob." Rob can give you a crown. He can make you king of the Iron Islands. He'd probably be totally fine with that because the North is going to be a separate kingdom anyways. Anyways, why not the Iron Islands? And Balon's basically like, you really think, he's like, he's going to give me the crown, which means he can take it away. No. I'm going to take that crown and it's going to be mine. You know, you know, it's it's the Ironborn way. You know, he's not mm -hmm. going to pay the gold price by accepting this deal. Right. He's going to take the it. Mm-hmm. And, um, then basically, basically, um, Balon tells him like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. I already have a plan in mind. We already have, you know, it's, we're going to, we're taking over this, this new land. It's not as ripe as Casterly Rock and the place in the South, but it's totally undefended. And no. then, Theon, then Theon has that realization. He's, oh, he's talking about taking over the North, basically. Oh, and the, uh, I bet his heart just sunk you know like oh no <laughs> yeah pretty well pretty much well i i think i i think this is this is important to note the warships were already 
this is his plan. So I think it is just, I don't know, like, Theon still is a terrible person for the start, but I think it is just important to keep in mind that this was Balon Greyjoy's plan the whole time. Like, it was already in motion before Theon ever showed up. So, right. just, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna die on that hill, but I'm just gonna <laughs> let people know, like, hey, just so you know, like, it was Balon's idea basically the whole time. <laughs> and, um, I think I think this section, I think this is the down the 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 gut um, dropping moment in Theon's story. You know, we go on this we go on this roller coaster of like, God, he's such a terrible person. He, I can't believe this guy. What's going on with his mind? And then right here when he meets his father, you're like, Whoa, he's kind of just like a beaten up puppy, and he's overcompensating to try and right, right. You know, it definitely he's, makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. You still don't love the guy, but you're like, well, you kind of get the it. reason behind his action. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of a you know, so um, someone posted up the the classic um debate about Snape from the Harry Potter books, and you know, like, oh, he was such a hated person, and now we love him for what he did. And I feel like Snape's kind of line of progression goes along with Theon in my mind. I I posted up, I was like, it's like, yeah, Snape's storyline, it kind of goes um. Man, Snape is a real dick. Oh, whoa. He was super bullied in life. Maybe that's why he's a dick. Oh my gosh. He is a terrible person. Oh, he did that brave thing. That's pretty cool. Wait a yeah. minute. He did so many terrible things in the past. No, he's still a terrible person. <laughs> I think that's, that's kind of what Theon Yeah. It's kind of what Theon does sometimes, where it's just like, it's like, yeah, I feel bad for him, but man, he was still terrible today. But we'll, we'll see more of that when we get to more of his story. But but gall what what so so um i'm looking at the time i'm really excited about my after show thing and um i just don't want to go too late today because we all got you know we got work tomorrow and madison you got kids going to school and all that stuff so i think we're actually going to stop right here and we'll do we'll do danny's chapters next week i could have sworn i thought that was the plan anyway (laughs) (laughs) no it was like three weeks ago (laughs) i think yeah i I tried to pull it off really subtly guys but yeah we just we we had a miscommunication so we're so we're just gonna do these two Uh but i'll tell you what for i love that we got those two povs back to back honestly i think I think it's just a, I mean, that's just a really strong push because, because, because uh, I'll say this, this book is great so far, but there's definitely some weak chapters, mainly the Aria chapters. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the chapters I was like, man, like, you know, these are a little weirdly written or not positioned correctly, but I think, yeah. yeah, but, but this, this one, chapter 10 and 11, Davos and Theon, that was kind of the punch in the gut that was like, oh, we're back. Like, yep, the story's yeah. moving again. Yeah, we're moving again. We're back to the high quality that we love, and it's just it's awesome. And, and I I remember I remember the first time going through a Clash of Kings. I'm one of those guys, by the way, who I flip through and read all of the chapter titles before I even pick up the book. It's a terrible habit because <laughs> <laughs> it totally spoiled the Harry Potter books for me when uh, Dumbledore died. Oh. I was I was flipping through, oh. and it was like the White Tomb, and I was like. Shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, I need to stop doing this. And so I went back and just read the book. <laughs> but, but yeah, when I saw that, when I saw Theon as a POV, I was like, ooh, that's cool. Like, that's, you know, that's, 
you know, it was just, it was a new thing. It kept, it got me excited. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, um, that is chapter 10 and 11. Um, did you guys have any last thoughts you wanted to share about it before we move on to our, our, uh, generally, it was a kind of cool after show. It's all right. <laughs> I, at this point i'm just i'm just chomping at the bit to see what we're going to be talking about so <laughs> okay i will say i loved both of these chapters the only thing i was disappointed in as a show first person was that in this theon chapter we did not get to see asha slash yara because that exchange in the show was so good because Gemma <laughs> whalen is just awesome so yeah, <laughs> yeah so and um i think so yeah, I that's actually something I meant to mention as well, because sometimes you miss a lot in a show. You miss out on a lot of internal dialogue, and you're like, how are they going to get across how you know what this person's thinking, or like how bad a person are, how good a person are? And that was a great way for them to really drive home the douchery that is. Theon, like for yep. to have that exchange, even it was it was awkward, it was weird. But then you're like, that's exactly what it needed for them to just just drive it home. What kind of scum he was? <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, um, just you guys can chat. I'm um, just keeping in suspense. I will be right back. Okay. okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was evil. What is going that on? Was <laughs> Like, I feel like there's going to be, like, noises in the background. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, I'm glad that we, in the show, we got Yara instead of the weird uncle. (laughs) Yes. Yes, me too. Because that would have been very boring, I feel like. It would have been funny just to see Theon knocked down a couple of times. Like, ha, 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 ha. But. What you've been doing, buddy. (laughs) Yep. But oh man, I cannot wait for this. I have been so pumped for this for so many weeks now. What is this guy wanting to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) No, haven't we discussed that Madison does not like surprises? She likes to plan her list. I like to plan my list. I know. Is it gonna be a list? Because if it's gonna be a list, like how am I going to like have time to generate the list? (laughs) But maybe we're just taking a break from the list for (laughs) Madison. Oh, I heard a noise. Is he coming? <laughs> Alrighty. All right. <sighs> We're, so okay. We're in so much suspense right now. <laughs> okay. Um, so first, just to close out the show, um, everybody listen. Thank you guys for joining us so much. We had a great time chatting about these chapters. We are now moving into Get our back. readers on the wall after dark. Oh, yeah. We, we'll be back. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. And we'll be discussing chapters um, 12, 13, and 14. Let me look those up real quick, actually. I got them. John 2. Ooh, there you go. Arya 4. Tyrion 3. Well, I, well let's see. Actually, we're going we're gonna to do the Danny Oh, and Danny. One. That's right, Danny. So we'll be doing Danny, John, and Arya. Yeah, we'll be doing Danny, John, and Arya next week. Okay. Okay, so, guys... Welcome to the Readers on the Wall very first trivia show. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So we're gonna do it. We're doing a quiz show. Is I have Game a, of Thrones related? It is not Game of Thrones related. And it was okay, interesting okay. how I came to how how I came to this. So we're gonna do it. We're doing a quiz show. 
I'm going to give the questions. You guys are going to be the answers. We'll tally up the points and see who wins. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> okay. So originally I was going to do just kind of general movie trivia. But as I was collecting them, I was like, wow, a lot of these are Disney related. And I was like, let's do a Disney trivia show. That'd be fun. <gasps> yes. So then I was writing down a bunch of questions. And then I realized most of my questions were related to Disney princesses. So we are going to oh. be doing a Disney princess trivia show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this we is don't how. Buzzers, though. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, no, it'll be fine. We're, we'll take turns. Um, okay, one second. Let me get this written down real quick. So this is how it's going to work. Uh, we're gonna take we're gonna take turns. Ask I'm gonna ask Madison a question, then Brooke a question, and so on and so forth. Okay. If I ask Madison a question, she gets it wrong. Brooke, you can you can try and get the right answer, and you can steal her point. Okay. Oh, okay. During this during this time. Um, you you have you'll have three helplines. They're all the same, but <laughs> three times <laughs> three times throughout this, you can take the question and turn it into a multiple choice. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So if you get to one, it's a little tough. You can say, "Hey, I want it to be a multiple choice," and I'll give you four options, and you and one of those will be the right answers. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to start us off, uh, we're gonna do a whoever gets closest to the right answer, and that's gonna determine who gets to go first. Okay. Okay. So, so first question, guys. Um, let's see. And I'm going to randomly pick. Let's see. So, Brooke, you'll, you'll give us the first answer. Okay. So, in the Disney princess lineup, um, there are actually a group of princesses that are considered the official Disney princesses. Mm -hmm. How many official Disney princesses are there? And whoever, gets, whoever gets closest will go first for the rest of the round for you know throughout the thing and you can go above and you can go below no worries oh okay hold on let me think i'm like thinking in my head okay uh... <laughs> now just keep just just keep in mind um like i said these are the official ones okay um try to think <laughs> pressure I'm going to say, officially, I'm going to say seven. Seven? Okay. Yep. Madis Madison, how many official Disney princesses do you think? Oh, gosh. Okay. I, I'm doing a quick count in my head. I'm going to say uh, 12. Okay. The answer is 12, Madison. Oh, <laughs> nice job. Very impressive. Okay. I, this... see, I was in my head, I'm counting some kind of obscure ones. So I figured I'd be way over, but woo. <laughs> all right. All right. Question number two. So this is how it's gonna work. We're gonna you're gonna guys are gonna have to name all 12 Disney, official Disney princesses. Okay. Madison, you'll give the first one, then we'll go to Brooke, and we'll keep going until both of you get two wrong answers. Okay? Okay. 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 And you'll get a point for each one to get right. Okay. Madison starts off. No way. Correct. Brooke? <clears throat> Cinderella. Correct. Madison? Ariel. Correct. Brooke? Jasmine. Good. Madison? Merida. Correct. Brooke? Mulan. Correct. Madison? 
Aurora. Uh, yes. All right, Brooke. Oh no, I'm starting to lose track of who we've already said. <laughs> um, I'm keeping notes. Bell. Uh, Bell is correct. All right, Madison. I'm starting to lose track too. Uh, Tiana. <laughs> Tiana is correct. Brooke. Just so you guys know, you guys are at. You guys have gotten nine out of the twelve. Um, 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 Pocahontas. Good job. Correct. Okay. Now let me, hold on. I need to look at mine. Make sure I, okay. That one and that one. Okay. Okay. I can think of, yeah. Okay. I, I think I know the last two. I'm going to go with, um, Rapunzel. Correct. Brooke. Oh no. Who is the (laughs) last, who is the last Disney friend? Did we say Snow White? Uh, yes, we have said Snow White. Okay. Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Mm-mm-mm. I'll I'll give you if uh, you can you can ask you can ask. Um, did we give this answer one more time? Okay. Um, but then I'll need an official. Um, I don't know. Um, I know. Um, 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 I'm gonna give you a five second countdown. Five. Uh, 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 four. Uh, uh, I can't think three, of another one. Two. I'll pass to Madison. One pass. All right, Madison. Okay, I said I know, but really I'm thinking about about three or four <laughs> different ones, and it might be one of these. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Gosh, there's like three that I'm like. Okay, I'm gonna go with Moana. Correct. Uh, really? Okay, I was so worried it was me. Else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I just want to note those twelve names. I, I'm gonna read them off one more time. But th- these are important because all the questions are going to relate to these 12. So okay. Snow White, Cinderella, Aurora, Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, Pocahontas, Mulan, Tiana, Rapunzel, Merida, Moana. Okay? Okay. 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 Um, let's see. Um, we ended with Madison. So, Brooke, which Disney princess has the... the um, wait one second. Okay, which Disney princess has the only on-screen last name? Ooh, okay, let me think about this. So which, which of the Disney princess has a last name said on-screen? Hmm. Hmm. I... I am going to go with. Is it Merida? Uh, Merida, it is not. Merida. It is not Merida. Uh, Madison for the steal. Uh, Tiana. Nope. Uh, the the correct answer is Mulan. Mulan is actually her last name. Her first name is Fa. F A. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah, a little trick. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, to Madison, what yes. U.S. city is the Princess and the Frog set in? New Orleans. Correct. Brooke, which Disney princess is the only one based on a real person? Pocahontas. Correct. Good job, guys. Close, <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> to Mad- to Madison. Which Disney princess is the only one to not be connected to a historical fictional character? So it's a completely original person. 
okay, say well, I mean, so, so like with, apart from like Grimm's fairy tales and everything. Yeah. So for example, Cinderella is based off a of Grimm's okay. fairy tale. Okay. Um, po uh, Pocahontas is based on a real person, which I'm Disney princess is not either. With Jasmine. Uh, incorrect. Brooke, okay. for, Brooke for the steel. Um, hmm, let's, let's see. I am going to say no, because that one's a that one's a. <laughs> is it is it Merida again? I'm going to say her all night. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> um, it is Merida. Good oh, good point for the steal. I figured that would have be like a, like a Celtic legend or something. I totally thought so too, and I I googled the heck out of it. Apparently not. Nice. Huh. Just another reminder, you guys do have a full choice um, question. Oh, that's thing. right. Oh, yeah. so just keep that in mind. You have three of those. Um, okay, to Brooke. When Aurora from Sleeping Beauty goes into hiding, what name is given to her to protect her identity? She is Briar Rose. Correct. Good job, Brooke. Good job. Thank you. Okay. Uh, back to Madison. Finish the lyrics to this Disney song. Flower, gleam, and glow. <sighs> Rapunzel. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I I don't know. It's not a movie I'm super familiar with. Yeah. No guess. No, I, yeah. I'm, well, I mean, can I can I use multiple choice on this? Uh, you can. I might just take. Um. Hold on. Uh, I think it's something it's I think it's something something grow but it's not like make my hair grow so I don't know <laughs> I, honestly I guess I'll just eh, I don't know okay all right Brooke for the steel oh I don't all I can think of is flowers gleam and glow let your something show I don't know <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think of. <laughs> all right. Well, well uh, all right. So both wrong. Um, it's flower gleam and glow. Let your power shine. Oh, okay. We are both wrong. <laughs> wrong. Okay. Um, let's see. We're back to Brooke. Uh, Brooke, what is the name of Mulan's dog? Oh. Um. Okay. I'm going to use my multiple choice on this one. Okay. Here. Give me one second. Okay, ready? Yep. Z uh, Zhao, Big Brother, Mushu, or Little Brother? Little Brother. Yeah. Little Brother is correct. <laughs> All right, we used up one of the multiple choice. All right, to Madison. Um, let's see. If you get... So, wait, hold on. I think I have another question like this one second. Sorry, I just want to make sure the points are... Oh, no, no, here, we'll just do it every other. Okay. Okay, so this question is going to be both for you guys, actually. Ooh. So oh. we're, we're going to go back and forth just like the other one. Madison will get to start. Okay. Name the four items that Grandmother Fa uh, gives Mulan before she goes to meet the matchmaker. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. This is terrible <laughs> because you're not going to believe me, but Mulan is one of my favorites, but it probably has been 10 years since. <laughs> like really? I think I even mentioned, like, I think we did a countdown of this or whatever. Um, so yeah, so she's going to the matchmaker and she comb. gives, what, what was it? A comb? Uh, incorrect. Brooke? Okay. Um, isn't there it, like a it, set of beads? Uh, yes, beads of jade. Good job. Yes. All right, Madison. Um, was there a brooch? There was not a brooch. Oh, um, I'll, so we're gonna go to Brooke, and Madison will give you one more shot after that. Okay. All right, Brooke. I'm trying to sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> it is in the song, I will say. <laughs> and a, a cricket for good luck. Cricket, correct. <laughs> All right, Madison. Darn it, I'm so bad at this. Um, oh, gosh, a coin? Nope, no coin. All right, Brooke, <gasps> Brooke I'm going to give you I'm going to give you one more. Hmm. I can hear it, too. I know. <laughs> Baby, and even you can't blow it. I don't know. I can't remember the last one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was a cricket and it's beads of jade, and it goes um an apple for serenity, okay. a, a pendant for balance. So an apple and a pendant were the two. Okay, um, I think uh we'll we'll go back to Madison here. Madison, what is the name of Merida's horse from Brave? Oh boy. I'm going to be making this up completely. <laughs> I'm now remember, you do have your multiple choices. Okay, actually, you're right. I'm gonna use my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna phone friends now. I'm gonna use my <laughs> multiple choice. Okay, here, give me one second. Which I do like this movie quite a bit. It is. It I'm is. Like, I don't remember as much as I thought I did. Crap. I love the accents in this movie, and I love the oh, I know um, it's the color it's of her dress and stuff is super. Lucy dressed up as uh, Merida one year for Halloween. It was so cute. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yes. Bruce, Angus, Jamie, Hubert. Um. Say, can you say them again? Bruce, Angus, Jamie. Hubert. Hubert. I'm going to go with Bruce. Incorrect. Okay. Uh, Brooke for the... Well, actually, no. Uh, you can't steal on the I decided. Okay. <laughs> the correct answer is Angus. Oh, okay. that's what I would have guessed. I, I was thinking <laughs> I've actually and Angus. <laughs> never watched that movie, so... Oh, it's really good. You, sh you should. Th that one's worth it, for sure. Yeah. Um. By the way, guys, if we're going too long and we need to quit, just let me... Oh, I'm <laughs> okay, I'm I was gonna right say now, yeah. I'm having fun. Um, Brooke, finish this this famous quote from a Disney movie, Disney princess mm. movie. Even miracles take a little blank. Ah, uh, even miracles take a little blank. Hmm. Can I do multiple choice on this one? You can. Yeah, uh, that'll be using your second uh, second one. Okay. Okay. Give me one second. 
I think I actually know this one. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah. If it's what if it's what movie I think it is, I think I know what it is. Okay, you ready? Yep. So the quote the quote is even miracle faith, time, patience, glory. I gotta throw on an easy. <laughs> what was the first choice again? I'm sorry. Um I can't remember what order I said it in, but again. <laughs> Patient, <laughs> uh, uh, so even miracles take a little patience, faith. Time, glory. I'm going to say faith. That is incorrect. Hmm. Correct answer is time. Even miracles take a little time. I believe it's from Cinderella. Cinderella. Fairy mm. Godmother says it. Okay. Um, over to Madison. Um, which Disney princess never changes her costume in their debut film? So they're wearing the same costume. Yes. Okay. Let me. Ooh. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna think about it for a second because I don't really That's want fine. to lose a. Um. I'm going to say. Oh, I'm trying to say if I should go with my gut or use <laughs> multiple. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you hear my guess? Oh, no, I didn't hear your guess. Oh, okay. I guess I cut out for a second. Oh, okay. <sighs> I'm nervous. I'm going to go with <laughs> Moana. Moana? Yeah. Hold on one second. Oh, that is incorrect, actually. I can't think of what else she wears. Um, Actually, I know what it is. It's when she goes in to distract the crab. Mm-hmm. She puts on. Oh, she puts yep. on that hat and stuff. Is that All that stuff. Yep. Um, Brooke for the steel. Oh. Um, and uh, I'm going to say you can't do multiple choice on. Okay. I'm going to say Rapunzel. Um, let's see. That is incorrect. Ooh, that's a good guess, too. She cha- she changes into it at the end of the. Okay. okay. Uh, all right. The answer, <laughs> the answer is Pocahontas. Okay. Oh. Pocahontas. All right. All um, right. Moving. Moving to Brooke. Which Disney princess only has 18 lines of dialogue in their debut film? Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. I'm, I've got it down between two, I think. I'm going to say Snow White. Incorrect. Oh. Madison for the steal? I am thinking like, okay, who is bold and brazen and chatty? Let's get them out of the way. I'm going to say Cinderella. Incorrect. The answer is Oprah. She was asleep. Oh, that's the one I was going to guess otherwise. (laughs) She was asleep the whole time. (laughs) Okay. Fun, fun, fun fact. She was all, she was also only on screen for 18. Oh, wow. All right, to Madison. Who said this line? I am not a prize to be won. Oh my gosh, I can hear it in my head. <laughs> um, but like, as I'm thinking of the princess, 
Oh, oh, it's Jasmine. It's Jasmine. <laughs> Jasmine is correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in my mind, yeah. I'm like, I can think of a few who might have said that. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> let's see. Okay, well, we can do that one. Okay. All right. We're going to do Brooke, and then we're going to do some uh, questions for both of you guys. Cool. So, okay. Brooke, which Disney princess was the first one to have two separate voice actors? One for speaking oh. and one for singing. Interesting. Ooh. Um. Hmm. I don't know why I feel this way, but I'm going to say <laughs> Jasmine. That is correct. Very, very impressive. Very impressive. Okay. So this next question is kind of tough. And so don't feel bad if you get it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, uh, and we're going to go, we're going to start with Madison and we're going to go back and forth. There's three answers. Okay. Okay. So there are three Disney characters, once official Disney princesses, but were removed for various reasons. Who are they? Who okay. are they? I'm going to say. Uh, I'm trying to remember this person's name. Um, what's the um, Meg from Hercules? Incorrect. Dang it. <laughs> uh, Brooke. Hmm. 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 Also, I'm just going to interject here. The score. Just so you go. Ooh. Um. Somebody who was a Disney princess and who is no longer. Mm-hmm. What about? I don't know if she's actually ever considered one in the beginning. I'm just gonna throw her out. Tinkerbell. Correct. Very impressive. Tinkerbell was originally was removed because she went on to star in her own basically her own franchise which by the way those movies are really good <laughs> they they surprisingly i've only are. seen one but they the one i watched was really good yeah honestly I, like my kids watched it one time and i was that wasn't that bad actually <laughs> yeah, there's there's several of them and there's a there's a few that i'm always like hey guys you want to watch that and they're like okay um, let's see all right <laughs> that really was going to be my next guess was leave it or so there's um, so there's two left. Okay. Um, okay. So on that, I'm gonna. So, so since Tinkerbell never really was a princess, so I'm gonna go with that thought line of like prominent female Disney characters that may have been in at one point. Um. What about? Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Incorrect. <laughs> so, um, so Brooke, I'm going to give you a guess, and then I'm going to give you guys a hint, and then we'll do Madison and Brooke one more time. Okay. So, Brooke, so Brooke, you get one more shot without before Ooh. the hint. Who's the one? Oh, oh, it's coming to me. Hold on. She <laughs> is a princess. Um, <laughs> oh, Anastasia. Incorrect. Sadly, oh. Anastasia is a great, great film, but. Actually, is that Disney? I don't think that's Disney. Is it not? Maybe not. 
Oh, now I gotta look it up. <laughs> Anastasia film. Uh, oh, it's not. Oh. Anastasia is not a Disney film. Oh. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna give you guys a hint. One of one of these characters, the reason she was removed as a Disney princess was that sales in terms of her merchandising far too low. So they just they took her off. Okay. The other guess, mm. this Disney princess, or this, this character who was considered a Disney princess, looked too similar to another official Ooh. Disney princess. And the one, the one that she looks like is... Are oh. you still there? Okay. So, Madison? You cut out, and so oh. I didn't hear the end of that last clue. Oh, okay, sorry. The, so, the character who looks like another Disney princess... The one she looks like is an official Disney princess. So, like, okay. basically, yeah, they both of them look the same, so they cut one off. Okay. Hmm. So, Madison, you're you're. All right, I'm. Uh, um, I'm gonna go with Maid Marian. That is a that is a great guess, but. Okay. Poop. All right, <laughs> All right Brooke. Last shot. Um. Let's see. Trying to think, what what Disney movies in my childhood that had someone? <laughs> Just so you know, guys, I'm having way too much fun doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it? This is. I, I probably shouldn't ask questions, but it's not like somebody from like an obscure sequel or something. Is it? No, no, it's no sequels. Okay. Both both of the both these people are in main Disney. Okay. Hmm. What about this isn't I don't think this is right, but the only one I can really think of that's not on the list. I don't think she was ever on the list though is Kida from Atlantis. Incorrect. Mm. Sorry. Okay, right? Before you before oh. you tell, can I guess again, even though it won't count? Uh go for it. Go for it. Okay, what about, um, oh gosh, oh, Esmeralda from Hercules, oh, or um, Hunchback. Hunchback. That is correct, actually. That is, is darn yep. it. Yep. It is? Yep, es Esmeralda was, was, not a princess, not even kind of a princess. She was originally it's a Disney princess, and her sales were so low that they took her off. Huh. Well, that's surprising. I don't really like that movie, so. <laughs> um, the last one is from one of my all-time favorites. Jane Porter from Tarzan. Oh, oh save her. <laughs> that's, see, that's another one to me that I'm like, how, how was she ever categorized as a princess? She's not a yeah. princess. Well, I, I think I think part of it was that Tarzan was king of the jungle, technically. Oh, okay. okay. Or king or king okay. of the gorillas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jane Porter looked uh she had a similar uh costume to Belle when she was in her yellow. Oh, and so okay. it was too similar for them. I remember seeing her grouped in. Okay. Point. All right. Okay. So on to the next question. Um, I think. Uh, let's see. Let's start with Brooke on this one. Okay. Okay, Brooke. Uh, and, and there's there's two answers to this, so we'll bounce between you guys. Which two two Disney princesses are left-handed? Ooh. Wow, um... that's obscure. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know some of this. I was like, this might be a little. Eh, it's fun. Do it. <laughs> Plus, you get to learn a little. 
Um, how about Merida? I said it again. <laughs> She's my favorite uh, answer. <laughs> incor incorrect. Uh, Madison? Okay, I'm trying to think of princesses that we actually saw them, like, do something with their hands that was, like, relevant to their characters, because that might be a fun way to, like, throw in these types of trivia things. Mm-hmm. Uh, um... Because of her, I, I want to say that because of her clumsy training, maybe Mulan. Mulan is correct. Yes. All right, Brooke. Yeah, you, you, uh, this is your. If you get this wrong, you'll be out. Oh, what about Ariel? Incorrect. Mm. All right, Madison. You you get you get two more shots actually. If you get oh. if you get it wrong, you're dead. Okay. Um, I'm trying to. I'm. This is not my official guess. I'm trying to envision myself, Mo, um, <laughs> Moana, holding her hand up in the sky when she's reading. <laughs> and I honestly, I honestly feel like she uses her right hand when she does that. So maybe Rapunzel when she's brushing her hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, incorrect. So okay. you're officially. You're. That's your last guess. Um, the, the other one is Tiana. Tiana okay. is left-handed. Mm. Okay. Um, let's see. I think we're back to Madison, actually, on this one. Um, okay. Which Disney princess is the only one to have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I didn't know that any of them had a I, star. Yeah. I, 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 there's a couple um, fictional characters. I'll see if I can write that have stars but i found this interesting i'm gonna go with probably the first and go with snow white that is correct Ooh. okay brooke who is the oldest disney princess <laughs> who is like, the like, i feel like this is a yeah wait okay so, oldest so, as in made first age? came out first no no or... so age their actual oh, okay. age in the movie um Ooh, this is a good one i am going to say bell Bell, that is incorrect. Madison mm. for the steel. Okay. Um, gosh, they're all so young. Uh, I'm going to just... Can I, oh, you can't use multiple choice on a steel, right? Uh, you can't use it on a steel. Okay. Then I will say Cinderella. Cinderella is incorrect. The answer is Tiana. She is 19 years old. Okay. Um, okay, to Madison. Which Disney princess is the only one to have brothers? Merida. Merida is correct. I All didn't right. know she was the only one, but I know Merida has brothers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brooke. Uh, oh, oh, ooh. This one might be hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> okay. Bring it. Which two Disney princesses, uh, their movies, use the same animation cells in their respective romantic dances. 
I've like seen the, the romantic oh, oh. ending. So the the dance is the exact same in both movies because they reused <laughs> the same animation basically. I think one of them is Aurora. That is correct. So which Disney princess and Aurora have the same dance? Mm, what about Belle? Boom! <laughs> that is correct. Nice. Good Very job. Impressive. Thank Very impressive. Thank you. All right. To Madison. Madison, which Disney princess has the biggest eyes? Their eyes oh. are literally the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering Elsa and Anna aren't in this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh Anna's eyes are, Elsa's eyes take up her whole face. Um... Trying to envision them in my head. Yeah. Now keep my see. yeah. Now keep in mind you do have your multiple choice. Yeah, I think wanna, I'll, don't I'll, I'll use the multiple choice on. Okay. One second. Let me get a list real quick. Okay. You ready? In my mind, I feel like I have a few that I'm like, you look like a freak, maybe you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready? Okay. Um Rapunzel, Tiana, Belle, Moana. Okay, only one of those was on my freak list, so I'm going to say Rapunzel. Rapunzel is correct. Nice. There you go. There you to go. Me, it, was between, it was between Ariel and Rapunzel in my mind, because Ariel, <laughs> I always remember being like, why is half of her face eyeball? <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, to Brooke. Which Disney princess film? was the only one to lose money when it was released. Ooh. Um. Hmm. <laughs> was it... Was it Tiana and the Princess and the Frog? That is incorrect. Mm. All right, Madison for the steal. Um, I will guess, sorry, I'm trying to think if it's like an old fashioned one because like they just didn't have like marketing wasn't the same or if maybe it's one that just kind of flew under the radar. I'm just, oh, (laughs) I'm (laughs) this for sure. I'm going to go with Sleeping Beauty just for no reason. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty is correct. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, Sleeping wow. Beauty was the only one to I was one second away from saying I uh, <laughs> <laughs> or something random. Um, let's see. Wow. So, so we're, we're back to Madison. Madison, who is the youngest Disney princess? Okay, I think I know this. Um... Go ahead and give me, I don't know, I only have one multiple choice left, right? Yeah, you only got one left. I'm going to say... So so here, so just just so you guys have a reference, because I don't want you to get to the end and realize, crap, we're, we're done. Um, I have one, two, three, four, six, seven, ten. I have 12 questions left. Okay. So. Okay. Okay, I, I'm not going to use it because I, Lucy was watching a YouTube video the other day about this. <laughs> About the like, like it was not even probably last week. 
and she was watching it was like fun facts about Disney princesses and this <laughs> is the only one so far that I think is going to help me um, <laughs> Snow White I believe 14 uh, how, how old? 14 that is correct Ooh, Snow White is 14 years old guess too. All right, to Brooke. Which Disney princess is the only one who wasn't born as a human? Ooh. Um. <laughs> what? Well, it's gotta be. Let's see, I'm trying to think. It's gotta be the only one I don't know. So it must be. It's gotta be Tiana. Hmm. Nope, that is incorrect. Madison? Hmm. I would, oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I was like overthinking it, but I think it's more obvious than we think. Ariel. Ariel is correct. Mermaid. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Sorry, I hope, that, hope, hope you guys don't feel jaded. <laughs> no, I, I was sitting there. I was like, tricked and betrayed. I know. I'm like, Meredith's um, mom turns into a bear, but. <laughs> <laughs> see, so, Spoiler um, alert. Go back to, back to Madison. <laughs> Which Disney princess is the only official Disney princess who came from a Pixar film? Oh, okay. Um, Again, I think it's very weird that Elsa and Anna aren't in this, but I, I would say Moana, right? Uh, Moana is incorrect. That was only, oh. that was just Disney. Uh, Brooke for the Steel. Mm. It's not one of the OGs, obviously. Hmm. So I'm going to say... Rapunzel. Incorrect. The answer, mm. you're going to kick yourself, Brooke. It's Merida. Oh, no! I was going to say that too, and I'm like, I'm not saying it. Yeah, Ma Merida, yeah Bra that. Brave is a Pixar film. I thought it was traditionally animated. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, well, um, so Princess and the Frog was traditionally am animated. It was hand -drawn. Oh, and that's the last one they did, I think, right? Yeah. I, I, believe, I believe so. I believe Princess and the Frog is the last one that they hand drew basically okay. um okay so let's see we're gonna skip that one and we'll come back to it in a second um okay to brooke which disney princess is the only one to kiss a villainous character hmm. which disney princess is the only one to kiss a villainous character um jasmine Jasmine is correct. Good yes. job. Thank Good job. you. <laughs> okay. Um, this question has two answers, so we'll bounce. We'll bounce between you, starting with Madison. Okay. Which two Disney princesses have no love interest? Well, I'm going to go with Merida. That is correct. <laughs> Feeling it from Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, over to Brooke. Um. Let's see. She has one. She has one. Oh, Moana. Moana is correct. Okay. Um, let's see. Back to Matt. Let's see. Yeah, Madison. Yeah. <laughs> Which Disney princess? Oh, no, I already said that one. Not in this one. Okay. Which Disney princess has no on screen singing? Um. 
I think it's Merida. <laughs> it is Merida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it kind of Merida blew my mind. Merida, I, was, yeah. I was like, wow, Merida did a lot of only time things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. That's another two, one. Okay. Brooke. Oh, let's see. Actually, no, 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 no. Let's no, let's do this one. Okay. Okay, this one has two two answers. Okay. Starting with you, Brooke. Which Disney princess has the highest kill count? Ooh. There's um, so there's two answers. Hopefully I'm doing this fairly. I'm <laughs> going to go with Mulan. Mulan is correct. All right, Madison, who is the other <laughs> Disney princess who has the highest kill count? Ooh, I'm like, <laughs> which one? Uh, that was my thought. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to think oh, you're fine. list I've written. Is that is that cheating? I made a list. No, 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 no. That's using your resources. <laughs> once, it came, once it came to the twelve, I made a list. <laughs> That's fine. I would say Hmm, I can't think of another one. Even I will say Pocahontas. <laughs> um, Pocahontas is incorrect. Okay. Um, the answer is Tiana. She um, she's the one who broke the the necklace, which caused um, okay him to be dragged away. I know it's kind of te- technically there, but I didn't feel too bad. Okay. <laughs> um, okay um, moving over to Madison. Which Disney princess is the only one to have a known child? Ooh. So, okay. just a reminder, you, we have one, two, three, four, five, six questions left, and you both have a multiple choice. Okay, I'm going to, I'll go ahead and take the multiple choice on this one. Okay. Give me one. Damn it! <laughs> again, again, are we, are we going into, um, are we going into, like, sequels and stuff? Because if that's the case, then I um so so this this question does go into okay well then i think i won't use my Mm, okay i think ariel is the only one we really know about like what happens afterwards with her that is correct yes you were dying weren't you Brooke? (laughs) i really was i wanted that one so bad (laughs) just like they're like their movie that made them famous or are we going off of sequels because if we're going off of sequels then i know but yeah i, th- I think that's, i think that's the only I think that's the only question that went there uh give me one second okay. check i gotta fact check myself <laughs> i don't want to be that guy i feel like we should bring in a I did a good chunk of research, but this this one I, I forgot to write it down on the ninety percent sure I know is, but mm-hmm. I just wanna I just wanna make sure I don't want to put any false uh information out there. You were okay. right, Harrison. This is fun. <laughs> good. It's really uh, fun. <laughs> okay, good, good, I'm glad. I was I like trivia night. Really trivia? This is so boring. Okay, um to Brooke. Which Disney princess film is the 
only one to be rated PG. Hmm. Is it? Actually, hold on. Oh, no. You might want to use your multiple choice because I just realized there's this one. So. (laughs) Okay, let's use multiple choice then. Yeah. Sorry, I'll be more prepared next time. Okay. Oh, you're good. You keep cutting out. I. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, see, because I don't know if I could hear anything. You just. Oh wait. Hello? Okay. D- Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, there he is. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I'm, I think I'm just looking. Um. Okay. Ready. Mm-hmm. Ready. Brave, Mulan, Tangled, Princess and the Frog. I went towards this before the multiple choice. So I'm going to say the Princess and the Frog. That is shockingly incorrect. <gasps> really? Yeah, it kind of blew my mind. I don't um, think it's that shocking. That one's kind of scary. It has like, well, like well, 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 no, I, th- I thought it would be rated PG. It's not. It's yeah. rated G. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. so so there's one Disney princess movie that is rated PG, but Princess of, and the Frog okay. isn't. Which out of the four you just mentioned. Yeah, out okay. of the four I just mentioned. Um, Matt, now I'm trying to remember what they were. <laughs> here, um, so you can't steal a multiple choice, but if you want to take a guess, um, the other three options was Mulan, Brave, and Tangled. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head any reasons why. Any of those wouldn't be G, but I will just go with Tangled. It is Tangled. Isn't that weird? Really? <laughs> I wonder why. Like, I, I, thought, I thought it would be Princess Brave. Like, when I read it, I was okay. like, it's probably one of those I, two. I heard the, I mean, I, did, I got it mixed up in my mind. And I was like, no, that Princess Frog, it has, like, voodoo and demons. And like, That's why and I thought it was. Exactly. You're, you're on the right track. Uh, excuse me. Okay. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay. Let me so so this last question goes to you, Madison. I'm gonna just do okay. automatically do the four multiple choice because it's your last one. Okay. Okay, let me think of this real Um Okay, ready? It's a hard one or something. Okay. Which Disney princess is the only one who isn't the main character of the story? Okay? Okay. So which one which one isn't considered the main character? Um here's your options. Jasmine, Rapunzel, Juana, Aurora. What was the last one you said? Aurora. Aurora. Okay. If I can, if I can Aurora, talk. Yeah. I'm gonna say Jasmine. Jasmine is correct. Because the movie Ooh. is called Aladdin. Aladdin exactly. <laughs> Spoiler alert! But <laughs> okay, so we are down to the last two questions. <gasps> These are gonna be worth three points apiece. <gasps> oh, the way it's gonna work. Four. This is the way it's, it's gonna work. We're gonna start with Brooke. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give you three Disney movies, and you have to tell me which ones came first. You have to put them in order. Of release Ooh, date. Okay. Starting from the oldest, going to the newest. Okay. Okay. 
And if you can give me the the years they came out, brownie point. Oh. <laughs> Actually, you know what? If you can give me the years, I'll I'll give you a point. So six, you, you have a potential to get six because I'm terrible. Oh. So okay. you can impress me here. Okay, ready? <laughs> these okay. are your th- these are your three movies. Uh, wait, let me. Okay, The Little Mermaid, Sleeping Beauty, Mulan. So put those in order from oldest to newest. Side note, you picked one of the only movies I probably know the year it came out. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm going to say I have no idea the years on any of these, but Sleeping Beauty is the oldest, then The Little Mermaid, then Mulan. You are correct on all counts. Very impressive. Woo-hoo. Very impressive. Okay. Ready, Massa? Same thing. I am. Okay. Your three movies are Tangled, okay. Brave, Princess and the Frog. I'm going to say I feel like mine are harder. <laughs> so, yeah, yours are definitely harder. <laughs> okay, so they are Tangled, Brave, Princess and the Frog. Okay. Um... Okay, just give me, I'm, I'm writing them down real quick. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I just am, I have a weird process here. That's fine. No biggie. Okay, so I think. Uh, I'm going to say. I feel like everything was so long ago, but then I'm like, oh, that wasn't that long ago. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think it went Princess and the Princess Frog, then Tangled and Brave. I don't know. (laughs) You're, you know, you're very humble. You are correct on. Really? Yes. Yep. Yeah. You went Princess well, and the Frog, Tangled Brave. I feel like you gave me these that were all in like a three-year cluster. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, that one was hard. So, so like, literally, w- when you said like that sounds harder, I'm like, oh my gosh, it is harder. <laughs> okay. The 50s, so the 80s, so, and the 2000s. So, so here. So here. Um. Let's let's and go back. Like, 2009 <laughs> to 2012. Here. Let's um. Let's let's roll back. Brooke, do you want to take it? Do you want to take a guess at any years? Uh, you know what? I'll no, 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 never mind. No, yeah, I do, almost do feel like the guess. Little Mermaid came out in 1995. That is incorrect. It was. Uh, I, can, 19... I have no clue. That was the that's only the guess I, I had. Tell you, I know that that's 89. That is 89. That's okay. all. Do, I do you want to take any other guesses just for funsies? Well, I told you just now. I told. I think you gave me. 2009, 2010, <laughs> 2012, or something like that. <laughs> um, okay, so Madison, do you want to take a guess at the years of those three movies? Um, I will. Um, I'm going to say 1995. I'm trying to think of what I was doing. Like, where was I in my life when these came out? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if we're just making a guess, I will say <sighs> Princess and the Frog was. 2009 Tangled 2011 Brave 2013 
All right, you uh, Princess and the Frog was 2009, so nice. correct there. Tangle was 2010, and Brave was 2012. Okay, you were so off by one on both. Wow. Okay, so now now this is actually the most important question of all. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Um, who do you think won? Oh. <laughs> Madison. <laughs> you think Madison like won? We were, I think we we were neck and neck. Like I would miss one and you would get it. And I know. You'd, you'd get a question that was like, oh, I wish I got that question. <laughs> <laughs> I think we tied um let's see um uh, so let's see so brooke you got 20 points overall Ooh, not bad Madi- not bad madison you got 24 points congrats nice madison so the way the way it worked brooke was actually ahead for quite a while oh, and oh, then shit. and then madison you like blew up ahead and then brooke like came in at the end and tied it up and then and Ooh. then you then with this last question, you you you, you beat it. you won it out. Gosh, so lucky with my <laughs> nice guesses. I, was like, <laughs> I knew Princess the Frog was first because I because I it's the last of the animated movies, so I knew mm-hmm. it was first. But then with between Brave and Tangled, I'm like, oh, I'll just guess. But anyways, that was uh, the Breeders on the Wall trivia night first episode. That's so fun. So of that those, was so of those fun. twelve princesses. Which one is your favorite? Ooh. Ooh. Well, a favorite movie. Okay, let's see. Or or favorite princess. I don't know. What do yeah. you think? Let's see. Um, I would say probably my f- man. I'm gonna have to do two. Um, in terms of a classic, uh, uh, Belle and Beauty and the Beast. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, second would probably be Merida. Yeah, Brave yeah. is just, Brave is a really good movie. Brooke, really, you have to watch it. Yeah, I I enjoy I enjoy every. It seems like I've seen memes and everything. It seems wicked funny. Like it yeah. seems funny, like just... I love the accent, music. Even though it's it's none of the characters like seeing music in it. It's not like a musical. It just has music in the background, but mm-hmm. really good. Um, so I, I, I told you guys this when we did our like influential movies from childhood. Like it's, I'm Little Mermaid through and through. Like Ariel is my <laughs> girl. Um, yeah. What about you, Brooke? My favorite Disney princess herself is Aurora, but my favorite movie is Pocahontas. There, did that, that's all. See, Pocahontas was not, I wasn't a fan. It scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I love, like, well, the music is my favorite part. It's just, it's my favorite music out of all of them. So when, when that movie came out, I, I was homeschooled. And we had just got in preparation for the big movie, like, premiere, you know, anticipated movie of the year we did a massive pocahontas unit study like we did we did pocahontas math pocahontas history pocahontas science <laughs> like we were like we were geared up so like by the time it came out i was a pocahontas aficionado like i <laughs> knew about the history of pocahontas backwards and and the movie came out and it's loosely based on history oh like, yeah like mm-hmm. very loosely based and i remember just like mortified i was like what is this trash <laughs> what did they do what is this because like my and my mom was just like oh, i wouldn't have put heavy emphasis pocahontas if i had known it was going to be not you know historically inaccurate which normally that kind of stuff i'm just like oh whatever it's inaccurate but i remember being a kid and just being like how could they do this <laughs> that is awesome hey um i was i'm curious have you guys seen the new milan yet 
No, but I want to so bad. Yeah. What are you, Madison? I'm not, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, um, if, to me, if you take out Mushu, I'm like, I'm. Oh no. I, yeah, I, so, I, want, I, want, I want a funny dragon. I want songs. I want, you know, there are I, some killer I, songs in that one too. It, it yeah, no, Mulan has some. It, Mulan's yeah. is a great movie. Um, so I watched it last night. And okay, was it good? so so, um, so before I watched it, I knew that there wasn't any singing and there wasn't any Mushu. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like mentally prepped for. This. When it started, I was for the first like half hour. I was comp- I was definitely like, wait a minute, she's not named the same. And wait, what that that character isn't the same person. And you know, it was very critical. Um after but about 30 minutes in, I was like, okay, Harrison, this is a totally different movie. Just watch it for what it is. Just yeah. watch mm-hmm. it for what it is. Don't compare it to the animated film. Just watch it for what it is. And if you if you do that, it's it's not that bad of a movie. Like Right. Like well, I watch it. Like, I feel like there already are really good movies though that have a similar premise. And I was like, why not just make a live action remake? Like that's what we want, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Like, well, just I, honestly, honestly, the part that like was irritating me the most for some reason was it, it's probably because they're trying to stick to the like historical story of Mulan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the names were different. Like, everyone's names weren't the same. Because so like you're watching you're like wait, that guy's supposed to be this guy, but his name different, and it just annoyed me. Right, which is um, funny, because really, Mulan, the one we love, is the one that should have made everyone mad, because like, oh, they changed everything, because you're right. Like, it is based on a historical story, and mm-hmm. this version is just trying to be more true to the real story, but mm-hmm. but we're like, no, we want like a play-for-play remake like they gave us the Beauty and the Beast, you know? Because <laughs> I don't love all the live-action remakes, but I love Beauty and the Beast. It was excellent. I, I, I agree. That that one I, I mm-hmm. actually did thoroughly enjoy. Oh, Super by the true. way, by the way, did you guys know there was a Lady in the Tramp live? Yes. I, I, I didn't even know that until like yeah, a few days ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was straight to Disney Plus, like a Disney Plus original kind of thing. Oh, probably. And my, um, it was the first. It was actually the first thing we watched when we got Disney Plus. We like mm. fired it up, and my kids were like, "Oh, I want to watch this." And I'm like, "Really? Like we could be watching Phineas and Ferb right now, but we're watching <laughs> this." Dude, now one of the first things I watched on Disney Plus, X Men animated show. <laughs> I was like, "Yes!" Dude, like, I wanted to oh go back gosh. to like my old favorites, watch Lizzie McGuire and stuff. But... Right. I watched oh. Gargoyles because I was oh. like, "Oh my god, it oh my actually gosh, exists!" Like no one talks about it, but it was so um, good. Oh my oh my gosh, Brooke. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're slowly becoming like my favorite Brooke. <laughs> Such a good show. Oh my gosh. Um, so wait, sorry, I was I wanted to do one more review for Milan. So the so the names were bugging me, but the one biggest problem they did was they they tried to integrate the whole chi thing. And they yeah. basically took Mulan and made her half a superhero. Yeah, like, I don't... It, it was like, oh, she can do this because she has access to chi or however that works. Uh, and yeah. you're kind of and you're kind of watching it and you're like, okay. In the original one, the reason why it was so awesome is she succeeded in all of this. She was a badass in training. She, she survived the war because she was awesome and she 
you know, she was hard trained for it. Right. Yeah. She did the hard work thing, which is awesome. Find the odds. And so watching, so watching this remake, it was just kind of like she would do stuff and it's like, oh, it's because she's just. Well, right. someone even said, they're like, it's better. It, it's more like a live action adaptation of Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, by the way, Kung Fu Panda is like, those movies are really good. But oh. they're like they were talking way more about like being like a chosen one and like accessing your chi and everything. And they're like, that's kind of panda. That's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the thing. Like, I feel like when you watch Kung Fu Panda, it's, there's such a focus around chi and like that being how you harness your power and everything that it's like, okay, that's just part of the story. Yeah, when you watch this new Mulan, it's kind of like, Oh, that's just the excuse that they use to explain yeah. how she does X, Y, and Z. Like, it's like, oh yeah, she had she. And you're like, yeah, okay, I'm not like boycotting it. I'm just not really interested, you know. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, it's thirty. It's like uh, we split it with a friend, so that's the only way I justified watching it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I have I have done a few of those like early release pay per view things since COVID because we we are a family who likes to go to the theater. Oh, dude, we're, and so oh nice, man. And so there've been a few times that I'm like. Honestly, if that had gone to theater, we would have gone and we would have spent more than, you know, $25 right. or whatever it was. So like Trolls World Tour and Scoob, like we did those. Mm-hmm. But... No, God. No, no. Me and me and me and my wife, are, we're dehydrated in terms of movies. Like we because like that's our favorite day. We right. love going to the movies. And so we're just like itching. We're just like, God, give us anything. I'll literally. Go and rewatch like a crappy. <laughs> but, I know. Yeah. I've been Jeez. to the drive-ins a couple of times this this year to get my to get my movie fix. There you That's go. That's a good idea. We have a drive-in of that far away. Yeah. See. See. We we have them. They're just so they're either a in a church, and they're like, oh, we're gonna watch Princess and the Bride or something. It's like okay, <laughs> so it's gonna be on this crappy quality, or the drive-ins like hour and a half away you know yeah we're we're really lucky we have quite a few in the area like i would say probably four within a hundred mile radius but the one that is right i mean it's like i work 15 minutes from home it's like two minutes from my work and it has two screens which plays two movies a night it's seven dollars a person to get in (sighs) they have they have um, two concession stands. And I mean, when I'm saying concession stands, I'm talking about they sell pizza, they sell burgers, they sell, um, what are they? They sell popcorn, they sell hot dogs, they sell like ice cream. Like it's, it's real. <laughs> like it's real. <laughs> Jealousy. Oh my so, gosh. <laughs> yeah, we, we're pretty spoiled with what we got there. It's pretty nice. <laughs> Man. So yeah. before we go, yeah. and speaking of movies, have you guys watched the Dune trailer yet? Oh, Dune. Okay, so. No. I have watched it. I just want to state this, though. I literally know nothing about Dune. I know that there's a lot of sand and there's a big world. That's about it. <laughs> but well, I'm actually reading yeah. Dune right now, which but I, ha- I hate to be a bandwagon fan. Like, I really actually hate that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, it was on my reading schedule for November, but after I saw the trailer, I was like, that I'm looks off. so freaking cool. Like, I have to read that right now. So I'm about 70% finished with it right now. Nice. And I just have to say, 
I would recommend this book to a Song of Ice and Fire fans, period. Like, really? Okay, so if you're the type of a Song of Ice and Fire fan that isn't just in it for the, you know, weird sex scenes or like, <laughs> who is? Like, that's or just weird. like, just the big moment, you know? Yeah. It's like, read it until the big if moment. If you're in it for the layers and layers of meaning and and scheming and political intrigue and houses at war and all the the things that you would reread this book ten times and find something new every time. Oh, no, this that is your book for you. <sighs> it's that's, so good. See that? See that's see that's see that's bad. I've that. Well, yeah, no, I've 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 so many things pulling my attention right now. It's kind of I'm in a weird I'm in a weird spot, but now I'm tempted. So, so the good thing about Dune too is it is a series, which I hear it declines greatly in quality as it goes <laughs> oh, on. Oh, sad. But, but Dune can be read as a standalone. From my oh, okay, opinion. that's better. So I'll anyway, keep that in I'm mind. Reading, I'm reading it right now. Like I said, I'm already hyped for my first read because I'm like I already so much I'm missing. And it's written in a really cool, I mean, it was written in the 60s, I believe, or late 50s. So it does kind of have an older writing style, but I don't find it hard to digest. But it's mm-hmm. a really cool, omnipresent um, narrator, kind of like Lord of the Rings. Mm. So, it, it, so it's not about mystery. It's not about, oh, I wonder who done it. It's mm-hmm. about just this amazing world they're building. And I can tell it's building up to something good. But it's not like, oh, I wonder who the bad guy is because it's omnipresent narrative. Yeah, anyway. so it's like, you know. Right. I can feel the, I mean, George <laughs> R. R. Martin claims that Frank Herbert is a huge influence and you can totally tell. Not in like a copycat way, but just in a like, mm-hmm. yes, like this is where our man learned his ways. I, so, I, I will say I, I am, I, I would be down. To, so I, I've actually, I actually haven't read a lot of sci-fi. Um, it actually kind of turns me off sometimes. And the reason why I've learned is because when it comes to sci-fi, there's, it's like, there's no ceiling. Like, I don't know what the rules sure. are. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so I'm reading it and I'm like, well, anything could happen. And it's kind of annoying sure. to me. It's like, okay, like, like something could happen. And it's like, oh yeah, that's just, that's just the way the world the way it is. Like, yeah. And you're like, it's okay, well, it's, it's like, like, there's no, it's like, okay, there's an explanation. It's just like, that's just the way it is. Right. Okay. And I well, think because this book is so detail oriented that they mm-hmm. really do de- define the rules pretty well, pretty early on. And it's definitely not, I think the reason Dune, a lot of people don't, can't get into it very easily is because it's not Star Wars. Like it's not a space opera. It's basically, um, a song of ice and fire, but in space, and instead of dragons, there's worms. like <laughs> there's a big worm. <laughs> so, all right. Like, I mean, I mean, I will say if I, you know, uh, like I said, I got my own little book project, but when I get through and I need us and I want to try and jump into sci-fi, I'll probably try doing out. It's actually always yeah. been in the back of my mind. Um, is it? So anyway, Brooke, you should watch the trailer. I know it's really late, but the trailer is you know two and a half minutes long. You should watch. It. But it's really by good. the way, the the, the cast, main. It's star-studded. The cast well, it's, it's, it's got Cal Drogo in it, bro. It has <gasps> Cal Drogo in it. Jason Momoa is in it. Sealed. Like... There you go. <laughs> no, so, Jason Momoa is in it. I, I will say this, Madison, the main actor, the, the younger guy with the dark hair. Yes. That guy, I mean, like, when I saw him in that trailer, I was like, that guy is going to be huge. 
he is going to yeah. be one of the biggest stars ever. He's so yeah. good looking. <laughs> he's in a movie on Netflix called I think it's called The King. I think yeah. that's all. Yep. And the movie was okay, but he was very good in it. Um, okay, hold on. I had I thought I had a thing I wanted to say. Right. It has Josh Brolin, it has Oscar Isaac, it has Zendaya. Oh, wow. Zendaya is killing it lately. Like she's my oh, kind yeah. of good movie. She's she is. so talented. Oh, she's it has Jennifer impressive. Ferguson. Oh, it's funny to me because they have a lot of people who are in movies together. So Jennifer Ferguson and Zendaya are both in the greatest showman. And then mm. it has Josh Brolin and it has uh, uh, Dave Batista, who are both in Avengers movies. <laughs> and so I'm like, they're like, oh wait, like, is isn't Braun in the movie? The guy who played Braun in Game of Thrones? I don't know. Now I feel really dumb that I don't know. No, hold on. I think there's two. Ga- yeah, no, I think you're. I think he is because it's like, hey, that's Braun. Oh my gosh, it's Cal Drogo. They're both. <laughs> Let me look because wow, that would be it. Really is like picking everyone up in, in couples, <laughs> in pairs, right? God, that guy looks intense. Uh, Sorry, I know we're just yakking here, Brooke, and you're like, guys, can you yeah, grab it? She's about? like, I need to go to the I'm, I'm, I am Googling. I want to see now. Let's see. You just want to see. Dude. You just anyway, want to see Jason. Apparently, Mark, <laughs> apparently, the the money behind it is good, and apparently, this director is a huge fan, and that's always when the director cares about the content material right what is so that's I, uh that's where um oh what was that movie? that's where the fantastic is <laughs> whenever they make a fantastic four movie the director is like he's like okay let's just get this done <laughs> and it's just like right you so much uh i don't maybe he's not maybe the guy who plays Bronx. but o- oscar isaac by the way that guy is a big fan of him yeah, he's awesome. And mm-hmm. anyway, I just think the special effects look cool. The um, costuming looks cool. Like all the different armor they're wearing looks really awesome. The trailer, and I'm just I'm pretty hyped for it. And now that I'm reading the book, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> right. Oh man. Hey guys, just want to say it was good getting together. It was. <laughs> yeah, so it fun was. chatting with you guys. Yes. Um. So I don't know if I'll be able to do another trivia week, or if you guys want to try and do one. But I'll 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 put it in my arsenal. I yes, love it because this was, was so, so fun. fun. Yeah, it, yeah, like I like doing it. It's just it's one of those like I want to do it, but I also need to find a category that's not so like. Yeah, I'll try to think of some categories because I think you you work so um, well as the game master because you know how to like keep score better. Like I would be like I don't know you both <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, so I've I've been listening to a a trivia podcast where it's literally just it's just a trivia show. And uh, so I've just been listening to them, trying to take notes on like, oh, that's a cool way to ask a question. Or, that's how they, how, a cool way they do, Fun, you know, yeah. you know, things like that. So, so, but yeah, if you guys, if you guys think of a category, they're like, that would probably, this would be a good one, general run so that, you know, it's not so one-sided or anything like that. But, right. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I think we're going to wrap up here. See my wife and tuck her into bed and all that good stuff. And... All right. Yeah, I got to get Max up in an hour, so. Oh, uh, that'll do it. I have to yeah. go make lunches. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> right. <laughs> well, hey, every, everybody listening, thank you guys so much for joining. I know we kind of we like to yak, and we had a we just had a good time today. I hope you I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Join us next week. We're going to cover the next three chapters in a Clash of Kings, and who knows what the after show will. Be, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See you around. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.